get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend, Friday, Friday. And welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN on this official Hawaiian Shirt Day 2023 at Hubbard Radio. Brooke Grimsley, no Hawaiian shirt. Carrie Davis, no Hawaiian shirt. Matthew Rocchio, no Hawaiian shirt. Randy Carricker, Hawaiian shirt. I guess I win the contest today, guys. <laughs> I guess I win the contest with a great prize. Was that in the group chat or yeah, something? That I think it was in If you oh, read your email. email. Oh, yeah, whoopsies. If you keep up with I just that. exposed myself, didn't <laughs> I? You did. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just didn't have a Hawaiian shirt. That's, oh, that's, that's why. That's reasonable. I, I totally read my email. Also, our uh, <laughs> our leadership here at Hubbard Radio providing free Ted Drews what? for the staff today. Yep. Nice. Again, if you read your email, I did see that one as well. You find out. I Do totally they saw free that Hawaiian too. Shirts? They did not provide free Hawaiian shirts, but there is a contest. And I'm sure somebody's going to come in with a lay. Is that what they call them? Yep. Yeah. Randy, I'm really worried about phishing, so I just don't click on links. I just oh, read the email. Yeah, just to delete everything. Delete yeah. Everything. So anyway, we got that, Same and then we thing. got the start of the 4th of July weekend. I was uh, telling a friend earlier about how when we were kids, first of all, how we didn't all become JPP is beyond me. It's unbelievable. <laughs> let's, let's give JPP a hand. Nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so there's a running backs coach. There's a, there's a running backs coach for the Browns now. He used to play for the football card. This he's been around. He's with, with Seattle, with Arizona. His name is Stump Mitchell. How JPP isn't Stump? <laughs> oh God! Kind of. Kind of is. Yeah, kind of. Just kinda. doesn't have the nickname. Half, half. <laughs> yeah, right. We got a few so, missing. Anyway, when we were kids, we used to have this area in our backyard, and it was owned by the water company. It was an E, and it was just, it was like an unpaved road. It was just grass, but it was that big. And on the 4th of July, we would all get, like, steel tubes, like, you know, an inch around, PVC pipe or something like that. And we'd shoot them at each, shoot bomb rockets at each <laughs> yes. other through those babies, right? It was fun. It was yeah. really enjoyable. We never hit anybody until one guy from the other side hit one of the moms. There's a gr- group of parents up on a deck, okay? And they're watching, you know, th- thinking, oh, this is innocent. And do you remember the big beehive haircuts yeah. you've seen? Them? Yeah. So this bottle rocket goes whoosh, right through her hair, but doesn't blow up in her hair. Wow. It goes through her hair. And that ended our bottle rocket fight. <laughs> but you know what, guys, we would do is they had these really powerful firecrackers called black cat firecrackers yeah and you'd light the fuse and then we would let it go down to the very last second throw them up in the air so that when they blew up you had like a, a rainfall of blown up paper 
and I can't believe I didn't blow my fingers off. Randy, I, I've seen I, I've seen some things with fireworks which <laughs> uh, led me to a life of leaving fireworks alone. <laughs> Saw a guy get hit with a firework, and and the the shriek. I cannot remove it. Was, it was, it, it was. You can't unhear it, huh? I cannot oh, unhear yeah. it. I've never heard a child, and I was a child. <laughs> I've never heard a child scream <laughs> so loud. Uh, just kids doing kid things and playing <laughs> yeah, around with we were. explosives. You know, not, not really understanding that they are explosives and throwing them at each other. And yeah, so. Mildly yeah. dangerous. So everybody Very. just take note of that for this 4th of July weekend. Please. Don't do all those things that oh, Randy no. just still, listed. That's still fun. If People you, still shoot bottle rockets yeah, at each other. Yeah. It's it's like, I, I don't know why that's exciting for people. <laughs> it's it just don't understand. It just is. It's just exciting. It's Sometimes you just got to feel alive, Gary. So, uh, Matthew yeah, and Brooke, you're you, not. your generation, did your parents ever allow you to uh, do the firework thing? Yeah. I didn't shoot it at anybody. You're okay. very intelligent. I, I don't know if that's just like more of like a boy thing. That yeah. definitely sounds like more of a boy thing. I, I never had that. the urge to shoot a firework at somebody. Okay. I did uh, like the big explosive pretty ones, though. Yeah, me My too. mother yeah. was deathly afraid of us ever touching a firework. Uh, so, so you I never did fireworks? <laughs> yeah, I, I, listened to, I listened to all the rules my mom made, uh-huh, 100%. <laughs> never touched one. There we go. Well, I'm speak, not never got out to a friend's house and played with a bunch of fireworks. Didn't happen <laughs> one single time. I'm a good boy. Uh, speaking of fireworks, we had them last night at the ballpark, did we not? Not oh, from the Cardinals. The other team, not the other... Uh, not the uh, guys, our buddy Adam Wainwright, we love Adam. Second inning, Adam Wainwright, after going, uh, throwing a scoreless first inning, getting the first two outs in the second. We talk about exit velocity and uh, jolks with a base hit, 78.3 miles an hour. Then Jeremy Pena with a force out, 79.3 miles an hour. Then McCormick with a fly out, 71 and a half. And Adam is getting soft contact, right? He's got two outs. Then Jose Altuve, an RBI, or a hit for 94.7 miles an hour. Kyle Tucker, a base hit, 105.2. Jose Abreu, 99.2 miles an hour for his double. And Diaz, 107.9 for his double. So it went from hard contact, we skipped medium con or soft contact to skipping medium contact to really, 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 really hard contact. As he comes set and delivers, fly ball center. Evan on his horse, still going back as far as he can go up against the fence. And that ball is knocked back to the warning track. Diaz with a double, scoring is Abreu, and the Astros have a 6-0 lead. Yeah, it, that was kind of like the story of the night. Yeah, uh, where was the kind soft contact? Kind of been contact? the story of the year, not the night. 14-0, though. Oh, it's a clean sheet for Houston. Oh, by the way, also an Alec Burleson on the mound sighting. Oh, yeah, that was neat. That's that's something. Is that, are you excited about that, Kerry? Uh, I, I, you know, I had very high hopes. They they, they announced that he he had pitched in college. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, cool. We might we might get out of this <laughs> inning. Pitched in college. Oh, Ooh, they're hitting the ball really hard. Eh? Oh no. Well, that one's out of there. All right. Well, Mason Wynn can throw that. a 96. Like Mason Wynn can throw a 100 mile per hour fastball. Is he pitching right now, Kerry? He's not. I didn't think so. Not. I don't know, man. Here's another interesting thing from our rundown. Mayno confirmed postgame that Wayno will make his, well, I guess he's, Mayno confirmed that Wiano will make his next start. I I don't know if I like that. Hmm. And I'm talking about the way you phrased it. Mayno confirmed (laughs) postgame that Wiano will make his next start. Is that what we got? That's what we got. (laughs) 
That's in honor of Brad Barnes who gets married tomorrow. That's called a meetup right there. That's in honor of a Cardinals game that was so boring I uh, fell asleep. Uh, as you were typing? Who, Mano. Who, 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 who are we going with, with Mano here? Mano is a rapper. I, I, I was supposed to be Marmol, but I think I was already... I already knew that I was going to type... I already knew that I was going to type Wayno later in the sentence, so I just was like, okay, Marmol and Wayno combined? I don't know. in all caps. Again, correct. Trust tree. It was 9.15, and then all of a sudden it was 12. So, Matt, you, you, you're in, Ooh. I'm in. Who's falling asleep with their laptop on their lap? Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I don't do that. I put it away. Okay. I've, 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 yeah. I have. I have. This show's created a problem. If I sit in a seat that's more comfortable than a wooden chair, I fall asleep in, in 30 minutes. Oh, Especially okay. when the Cardinals are playing like that. It takes me a year to read a book. <laughs> We're really in the trust tree right now. Oh my gosh! Just as he's turning the as he's turning the first page, you and LeBron just oh man struggling, huh? LeBron, yeah. Oh brother. Yeah. I like so, how we're laughing through the pain of what we all had to watch uh, last uh, night. Uh, because that, that was painful. Also, yeah. just to clarify, I thought it was Altuve. It was Bregman. I don't know why I said Altuve. Yeah, but still, the there was me. so much that happened in that game. And uh, did you guys get on social media afterwards no, or any of that? It is a mess right it's now. A, a cesspool, perhaps? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. It is it's not good. There's a lot of unhappy people. Meanwhile, the Yankees are in town tonight. I'm going to go to the game. Uh, go Cards beat the Yankees. It's a rematch of the 1964 World Series that the Cardinals did win. So uh, I, you know, the Cardinals have that that Cardinal mystical magic going, and so they'll beat up on the Yankees tonight. We have missed out in my lifetime. I don't remember 1964. Almost had the Cardinals Yankees World Series in 19 in 2006. They lost to Detroit, I believe, uh, and then there was another one where we almost played the Yankees in the World Series, but we've just missed out. So, anyway, uh, we probably are not playing the Yankees in the World Series this year. I was going to say we're probably going to miss out this year. Yeah. Do we, can we do those numbers out. now? No, did you, you got those numbers right there, Matthew. You, uh, Oh, here we go. We're going to do this later on in the show. 81 games left for Milwaukee and Cincinnati. If either of those go 41 and 40, they'll finish at 84 and 78. To For the Cardinals to tie that with 80 games left, they would have to go, and the Cardinals have 82 left, correct? 51 and 31. Cardinals would have to play 20 games over 500 to tie Milwaukee or Cincy if they would play one game over. So, uh, sayonara 2023. It was a, it's been a blast. Yeah. It's, been, it's, been, it's been something. Yeah, yeah. It's been a roller coaster yep. with a lot of lot of lows. How many times can you say that you've hit drops. rock bottom in a season before you say the season's yeah. done? Uh, I think we can say the season's done, I think. Yeah. And I don't know how many times you can hit rock bottom because we've said it like four or five times. I, I feel like we have said that. Yeah. And isn't last night, isn't, isn't, aren't we there again now? I feel like we are there. Yeah. We're, we're definitely at rock bottom again. It's brutal. And you know what's frustrating is that there doesn't seem to be any urgency on the part of the organization. Publicly speaking, their, their face doesn't seem to show. And right now, the, the, uh, for better or worse, unfortunately for him, the face of the franchise is Ollie Marmol. And I know he's frustrated, but there doesn't seem to be a great sense of frustration or urgency about losing games. There seems to be frustration with the media because they ask about losing games. But in terms of just real outward frustration about losing games, could you imagine if Tony LaRusso lost any game 14 nothing? Oh, my God. That, that would be 
absolutely yeah. painful. Yeah. My my follow up to that though is this more just roster construction it's that bad. you're looking at now? It's really bad. That's what I'm looking at. That this team is what it is. Your record reflects that. The roster construction is what I'm going to keep looking at because, of course, we're already going to get some texts in, and I saw it all over social media. Do you send Wayne, Adam Wayne right back out? What are your options? Yeah, you're going to bring up Dakota Hudson. You're going to start Woodford. You're going to put jo- yeah, I was going to say Jake Woodford. You're going to have Mats bring go a- back into the starting rotation. <laughs> bring Zach Thompson and his 10 ERA at AAA up. Might maybe, as well. Maybe his spin rate is there. Maybe the velo is there. That's really all they need to be get called up. Don't don't worry about doing things to win games. Just uh, have velo and spin rate. Anyway, here's what we got on the show today. Jay Delsing's going to join us at the bottom of this hour to talk some golf. We've got Greg Amzinger. He wasn't with us yesterday. He's with us today at 8.15. At 9.15, Chip, Chip Carey, voice of the Cardinals on Valley Sports. We have our 4th of July food draft coming up. But next up, the number one ranked female MLE eater in the world, Mickey Sudo, friend of the show. She'll be participating in the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest on the 4th of July. And Mickey Sudo, she is the best. And she joins us next on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley and the Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It is great to have you with us. Fourth of July weekend is here. And that means on the 4th of July, the Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest and the reigning queen of Major League Eating, Mickey Sudo, joins us now on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Mickey, good morning. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, we're excited to have you. We had you a couple of years ago and you were expecting at the time and you sat out the hot dog eating contest. First of all, you need to know how your baby's doing. Oh my God, Max! My little Max Max is the best thing ever. I mean, he's uh, he'll, he's turning two on July eighth, and he's uh, completely mobile. He's running everywhere. He's uh, talking at the storm in two languages, and he's uh, he'll be there at the way it is on the fourth. And have you fed him hot dogs yet? I mean, he loves all types of food. Um, so no, uh, not competitively. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's a, he's a purist. He's a minimalist. He doesn't appreciate the uh, sauerkraut and the onions yet. But we'll get there. <laughs> Mickey, I'm just always so fascinated by the eating contest. How do you prep going into this where your stomach can just handle it? Because I was telling the guys before we got into the interview, if I overeat one day, I'm like down and out in pain. How do you prep for that going into an eating contest? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like this, I've been doing this for 10 years, and a lot of this is just, I mean, happened over time. Um, yeah, we definitely can't do practices back-to-back, day after day. Um, but there are really three components. There's there's the food part and the, the practice that you see on YouTube, like the 10-minute hot dog runs. Um, but I also do cardio in the gym, so I have the, end, the endurance to exert all that energy for 10 minutes. And, um, you know, on the third part of that, I do... Um, you know, sorry. Speaking of Max, Max, he's in the other room. Hey, Max. <laughs> he's with Nick, but he wants to join the call, and I'm running away. I'm running in circles in the room. Um, uh, the third part is like the mental aspect. Um, so studying tapes, um, kind of the mind over matter training um, that goes into it. Um, but I'm feeling good this year. Mickey, what are some of the common mistakes you see people that when they're just starting their competitive eating careers? Um. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, when I watch people eat, I always feel like they chew way too much for an eating contest. Mm. The the point is to consume quickly, not to chew your food, you know, 30-whatever times like you were told as a kid. (laughs) Um, So chewing is a waste of time. Minimize your food. Don't be afraid to, um, you know... 
I hate to say it, but nobody nobody is dunking the buns in warm flavored liquid for for fun. <laughs> uh, but you can't be afraid to just get in there and do it. It's mind over matter at this point. Mickey Sudo, I hit the the golf course, and when I'm playing, I don't really compete against the other guy. I'm competing against myself, and it seems like, especially in the hot dog eating contest, that's what you have to do. You have to compete against yourself rather than the other people that are there in the moment. Yeah, um, I think that you see that in Joey and for me on the women's contest, um, you know, with the margin of victory being um, pretty comfortable. Um, every year I go in with a particular goal. Um, I really can't see myself hanging up until I actually do 50 on stage because I've done it at home a billion times. But, you know, what I do in my backyard, in my kitchen doesn't really count. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what was in the back of my mind. So first it was to set the women's world record, which I, um, you know, have successfully done. Um, so that's the next one. And also somebody pointed out that um, if I win this year, I'll also have the most consecutive belts, um, even more than Joey, because he, uh, you know, was defeated in 2015. So, you know, kind of just like these little things um, keep me motivated. That's, it's interesting that you have done 50 at home, but your record at the contest on the 4th of July is 48 and a half. What has prevented you from getting to 50 on stage? Uh, you know, and the thing is, I can't even blame the weather because I've practiced in, you know, 119 degree Vegas summer heat and I've practiced in the Florida heat with all that humidity. Um, you know, I think part of it is, uh, you know, the hot dogs are delicious. They, they, they sit out for at least 20 minutes while George is doing his introductions. So I think, um, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's just going to happen. So maybe I have to do something like that at home where, uh, it's truly mimicking contest conditions. Mickey, you talked yeah. about, I'm sorry, you talked about conditioning and preparation for these events. How fatigued are you after the event? Um, you know, the honestly, the heat takes a lot out of you. Um, you know, and it's, it's an all-day thing. By the time I'm done eating on the forest, it's, what, 1130? I'll have been up for, you know, about seven hours, you know, at the gym, doing radio interviews, um, and even backstage doing interviews before the contest. Um, but the adrenaline really keeps me going. I'm still super pumped when I'm uh, doing those exit interviews. Um, when I do get back to the hotel, though, all I do, all I do is, like, collapse on the bed for about an hour in the, in the air-conditioned room. I drink a lot of water. <laughs> I, also, just looking at, you know, your, the website where we can see all the different eating contests that you've been a part of, what is the craziest eating competition you've been a part of? Maybe just food-wise. Um, I think Spam right out of the can was uh, a pretty unique contest. Because, I mean, let's be honest, nobody just cracks open a can of Spam and eats the, eats the block. Oh. I mean, you cube it into, you make it into little cubes and, and make fried rice or you'll do Spam musubi. But I yeah, I was going to say was Spam really, musubi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought that was a really interesting uh, serving method. But some of the other ones, I mean, we've got butter, right? Seven quarter pounds, six of salted butter by Don Lerman. The oysters, which seems like a completely natural thing to eat a lot of. Uh, and then I, isn't there, yeah, mayonnaise, 42, uh, Oleg Shorinsky, 44, 32 ounce bowls of mayonnaise in eight minutes. Those are kind of unusual. I don't think we've had those on the surf, at least not in the 10 years that I've been doing this. I, I want to say the, the mayonnaise and the butter were for like some 
specially commissioned TV show. Okay. Is that a spike TV thing? I don't know. And uh, what was the other one you mentioned? Oh, oysters. Oysters, yeah. People ask me, um, what are you know, some foods that you'll never do in competition? I always said I couldn't do oysters or crawfish. Um, I have since done oysters because I got to go to Ireland for to do so. Um, but crawfish, um, I have a phobia against both of those foods. Hmm. The reigning queen of Major League Eating is Mickey Sudo. A couple more things. Number one, you also hold the short form ice cream eating record, 16 and a half pints of vanilla ice cream in six minutes. What was yeah. the cold headache like for that? Yeah, honestly, the brain freeze wasn't bad at all. I think, um, I don't, somebody's going to have to double check the science on this, but I'm pretty sure brain freeze only sets in when the roof of your mouth has enough time to chill. I think that's how it works. Um, but because I'm really just, I'm, I'm scooping and I'm capturing large spoonfuls and I'm tossing that to the back of my throat and just swallowing, the ice cream never really sat in my mouth. So I never experienced brain freeze, but I was incredibly cold. My core temperature <laughs> felt like it just plummeted. So, uh, even as I'm, as soon as they do podium, I do a couple of interviews afterwards. I'm like looking for the nearest pot of hot coffee, and uh, someone at the fair was kind enough to help me out. This is like the Indiana State Fair, mind you. Nobody wants to drink hot coffee except for this one, <laughs> but somebody went and found me hot coffee. So, uh, you know, thank you to that person. All right, Mickey. We know that uh, because you are the queen of major league eating, that you're the best, and you should have an ego about it. Can anybody beat you on when on Tuesday? You know, I, I never assume that. I'm undefeatable because I think, uh, you know, Joey did that in, what, 2015? He um, just kind of got a little bit complacent, uh, maybe a little cocky, and then Matt Stoney came along and beat him. And, uh, you know, honestly, I don't think there's really anything super special about me. I just uh, I just came I, – I tried my hand at competitive eating. I turned out to be pretty gifted or talented at it, and uh, I'm incredibly – competitive, so it's kind of snowballed into a career, but I think there's probably another Mickey Sudo lying in the wake and just doesn't know that she could be doing this on the 4th. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you on the 4th. We always enjoy your performances. 48 and a half is your record, and good luck on getting to 50. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mickey. Mickey Sudo, she is the best at eating Nathan's hot dogs among females in the entire world. Obviously, Joey Chestnut is number one right now, and that's with a bullet. He is not with peer uh jeffrey esper though keep an eye on him he's the number two ranked theater in the world right now and can, can give joey a run for his money on wednesday i i think out of all those options you were listing food wise mayo is mm. probably tops mm. Uh, mm. i think oysters i like oysters but not where you're gonna have to eat that much i just imagine how slimy ugh, it is and then spam <laughs> straight out of the can is insane spam straight out of the can because that thing is, is just thick Crazy and slimy too. There's absolutely no way. By the way, the two that I could really compete in that are on this list: Taco Bell tacos, Joey Chestnut, fifty-three soft beef, soft beef tacos in ten minutes. I think I could do that. I think I could pull that off. (laughs) CD's thinking back to uh, some times college, maybe. Yeah, Uh, wings Uh, long form, one hundred and eighty-two wings in thirty minutes by Joey Chestnut. What do you think? That's a lot. One hundred eighty-two and a half hour. And then the other one for me, the thing that I think I could win at, and this would be volume, Jerry, this would not be uh, short form, but if you, you know, have you ever heard like at a farm, if the the feed bin breaks, the cows will just eat and eat and eat (laughs) until they explode? Yeah, yeah. That's the way I would be if somebody gave me a bunch of BLTs. Like I could just eat BLTs, BLT after BLT after BLT. That's very specific. It's really random, isn't it? But I can just eat them forever. It's unbelievable. What is your city that you could eat forever? Uh, You know, probably pizza. Like just, just, 
I, I mean, I've, you know, an entire pizza to myself. Like, yeah. it's not a problem. If I really sat Multiple down. Multiple pizzas? One for sure. But could I keep going? Yeah, I think so. I think mine's rice. That sounds weird, but I love rice. That's full. That's you good. would feel I do, very but I full. Love, I could eat a lot of rice. Really? Yeah, a lot, a lot of rice. Here's one where I could not do it. Pancakes, the record held by Patrick oh, Bertola, I Bertorelli. Pancakes. I can't do panca- pancakes in volume, oh, though. He I, did 50, 50 pancakes in 10 minutes. Oh, I couldn't do 50, but I could knock down 10. 10 to 12 in a few minutes. <laughs> Easily. How about and you, I don't Matthew? need any water. Just put syrup on it. Yeah. Is yours rice I as think well? tacos uh, would be would be mine as well. Um, especially if we specifically say how many jack-in-the-box tacos could you eat. Um, it's in the dozens, I think. Okay. It's, I think, I, I think I'd, I'd qualify Impressive. in the dozens. Yeah. Yep. That's a lot. Uh, and here's the other one. That, <laughs> yeah. Carrie, I'm just saying I could do it. I would, that lo- American cheese? I would love to try this, uh, just a, a, a red lobster. I would just love to eat a lobster. 44 of them in 12 minutes by Sonia the Black Widow Thomas. Wow. But yeah, it's that'd be something I'd like to try on this 4th of July. But they're not weekend. even chewing. They're just like swallowing it. They, you don't think, yeah, <laughs> don't even you're, not even, you're not in, you're not in this for enjoyment. If that's Carrie in the competition. <laughs> Carrie's just sitting there slowly cutting the lobster, taking bites. There are some people, so I, quick story, I worked at Bar Louie for a long time back in Nashville and back in Tennessee and we had a tater tot eating contest and there were some people who took it very seriously but then there were some people who would just come and just slowly eat the tater tots because they're like, it's free tater tots. They had to quit doing it because someone's stomach exploded. Ooh. Ooh, not not at our location specifically, but it has what happened. What does that look yeah. like? You got to work out. That? Oh, I don't. There's some know. implosion examples mm, out there. Mm, no, thank you. I'll pass. <laughs> okay. Anyway, if you go to majorleagueeating.com, you can see all of the records that have been set over the course of time. Five and a, five and a quarter baby back ribs in eight minutes by Patrick Bertarelli. Seven mm. Eleven Slurpees. What? <laughs> a twenty-two ounce Slurpee in nine seconds. By Patrick Bertarelli. Oh By the way, God. apparently, I've been told we had a discussion about Seven Eleven Slurpee Day. Of, uh, yeah, seven twenty four. Apparently, Seven Eleven. They've they've limited the size containers you can bring. You're now. kidding. Apparently what now it's like people? it's now what? it's just no, like no. That's not to, fair. You have to use like a small sanctioned one by that they give you now. You can't bring uh, no. your can't toilet bring your, like the apparent, examples we showed. No, no apparently they've ended that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh America. Seven Eleven be better. Butter. You have sticks of butter. That's right at the Who top. Isn't that amazing? Who would that'd be painful? That? Yeah. Who would eat yeah. butter? Doesn't that clog your your arteries? You There's a doctor does, that needs this. That, that, the health. I want to know the health concerns. Like that. That seems butter seems extremely and seven unhealthy. sticks in five minutes. Ugh. Carrie, I'm pretty sure a doctor would tell you not to eat 50 hot dogs in a year, let alone. That's true. Mm. I agree. Maybe. You're probably right. <laughs> Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, we're going to talk golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. 
need. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles Pacific and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Celebrity Line and Jay Delsing is standing by. Golf with Jay Delsing every Sunday at night here on 101 ESPN. And Jay Delsing was kind enough to come in and join us for a future edition of the 101 on Sports, which you can see Sunday nights on Fox 2. Jay, good morning. How are you doing? Good, man. I'm, I'm blowing up the, the idea of the face for radio that I have. <laughs> you uh, you were magnificent on that program that people will be able to see a week from Sunday. But one of the things that intrigued me was when you told me who the best round of golf you ever played with, who the best golfer was on a particular day. And I want you to relate that story because it's pretty incredible. Well, and, and I have to add, since we're going to talk about college, I may or may not have bet a UCLA teammate that I could eat 50 packs of those little chocolate-covered donuts in a 7-Eleven in Los Angeles uh, my sophomore year of college. <laughs> Did you win? Did you win that I was bet? not taken up on the offer oh. because he thought I could. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> impressive. That's yeah. an impressive feat if you can pull it off. Yeah, absolutely. But Anyway, so I was the very first college golf tournament that I ever played in. We played at the University of New Mexico um, golf course in um, Albuquerque, and I happened to be playing well and got paired on Sunday in the last group with Bobby Clampett from Brigham Young. And uh, obviously pretty nervous. I shook hands with Bobby on the first tee, and then I don't think I saw him again till the 18th green. He hit it down the middle of every fairway about 30 to 40 yards longer than, than, than me, and, and I was pretty long at the time. He shot 65. He had three three-putts and won the tournament by 10. And I came off the course with sand in my shoes because there's sand dunes everywhere. And I was, I was all over the place. And I thought, I don't think I can ever play golf that well. He, he was so impressive and didn't go on to have, you know, the sort of career that would mimic that particular tournament, but one of the best college players for sure. And just uh, one of those rounds that I'll never forget. Jay, I was looking at this list of uh, holes in one. I see you have you've had five of them, which is a pretty high number. Is that how how is that possible, sir? <laughs> I've got actually twenty, but oh, I've got five in five competition. In, yes, okay. Yeah, well, five, five on, in PGA yeah. on the PGA tour. You got to play a lot. You got to <laughs> play a lot. Your odds go up the more you play. So I've been playing a long time and had no, had a lot of swings out of carry. There's at least four. 
to maybe, you know, six par threes every time you go out. So your odds go up if you just play a lot. Is that is that luck or is it you're you're that skillful or players are that skillful to actually just dunk it in there? Oh, no, I'm skillful. No, I'm just kidding. You. No, it's not. No, um, so what it is, the way that I look at it is that you hit an awful lot of good shots when you play at my level and play as often as I did that they'd go close to the hole. And to have them go in the hole truly is luck because I can remember playing over at the uh, Lincoln Mercury used to sponsor an event in Maui at the end of every year. And it was just a blast because there was no cut. We stayed at a beautiful place and it it was just a phenomenal event. And I was standing there playing with Fred couples and he made his first ever hole in one. Hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah. And he said, yeah, I just did. They've never gone in before. So um, I I think luck has a lot to do with it. You got to get, be skillful to get it close to the the relatively close to the hole, but to have it go in has to have some, some sense of luck to it. Jay, the Cardinals were tough to watch yesterday, but something that was fun to watch was the match with NFL stars Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey with an upset victory over Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Was there anybody that surprised you in that competition? I was personally surprised by Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, he would like chug a beer and just perform so well during that event. Well, here's what I would say. These guys know what level they need to be at to get over the nerves. And so I would tell folks when I play in a pro-am, I'm like, you guys usually drink beer when you play. And most of them say yes. So then I'm like, then order one with your eggs because we got a morning tea time. And if you need to be, you know, some people call it liquid courage. Some people call it aiming fuel. Some people call it <laughs> a lot of different things. But whatever it is you need to, to get to, to get to that point, by all means, let's have fun today. You know, let's, let's do this. And so for, for Travis to, to have that beer, I mean, there's no telling how many he had before it was on camera, you know? So (laughs) it's one of those things where those guys are really trying to get to that, that place where they're like, yeah, I feel good enough to really not care a lot. And I can be really relaxed and I can play my best. Hey Jay, who do you have coming up on your show on Sunday morning? We've got Gary McCord coming up on the show. And, guys, this is really a fun interview. So, Gary, a lot of Gary's life and experiences were captured in Tin Cup. And the, and a lot of the things that um, that were in that movie were things that he did. For example, you know in the last hole where Kevin Costner is determined to hit this ball in the green, and yet he keeps hitting it in the water. He doesn't want to get closer to, to go to the drop zone until he gets to the point where he only has one ball left. Well, that actually happened to Gary McCord, whose caddy got in his face with, he was hitting a four iron and kept hitting it in the water. And he said, here's a, and, and McCord saw him and he said, what are you doing with that club? And he said, this is a three iron and this is our last ball. If they go over the water, we're going to have to go in. And so Gary McCord hit the three iron and hit it on the green and made like a 45 footer for like a 17. Mm. And, and tells a, a funny story. And he also told a story, you guys, of when, you know, life on the tour wasn't like it is now. There wasn't a whole lot of money. So he had run out of laundry and was kind of going commando and <laughs> tore his pants and had his caddy fashion this sort of weird little diaper thing with his towel. 
And after he proceeded to make three birdies with his diaper on, they made the turn in his caddy. He said, thank God you can go and get a new pair of pants so we can relax. He goes, hell no. I made three birdies with his diaper on. I'm going to wear it on the back now. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Hey, we're looking forward to the show on Sunday. Have a great 4th of July, Jay. Be careful of those bottle rockets, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs> All the best, guys. Thank you. you. Thank you. Jay Delsing with us, as he is every Friday here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Take it or leave it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Time for take it or leave it. Okay, we, we we read the text line, so we know that at some point in time, you are distracted. You're driving down the road, maybe you have a kid in the back seat, you can't hear everything, and then you text in, or in some cases, you come on the afternoon show and talk about it when you really don't hear everything that you should have heard. So yesterday, we, because we did listen, talked about the analytics discussion that Anthony Stalter and Jamie Rivers had in the fast lane, mm-hmm. and we gave the correct answer. Uh, they tried to push back yesterday, but in clear, half-listening fashion, Anthony Stalter said this. Actually, I just I just mentioned, I think, the opening drive because they, they tend to bag on analytics and numbers and uh, math and uh, calculators and basically anything to do with numbers, period. <laughs> Oh, said yeah. he shouldn't be on Sesame Street anymore. They should they should evict him out of, out of Sesame Street, which mm-hmm. I thought was just incredibly harsh. How the hell are we supposed to know anything about numbers without the count? The number of the day. Ah! Really hops and kicks. The number of the day is six. Okay, take it or leave it. Of all of the shows on all of the stations, The Arch, WIL, 105.7 The Point, uh, Casey, mm-hmm. of all of the shows on all of the stations... On Hubbard Radio, and this cl- includes the morning after with Tim McKernan. Our show gives the count more airtime than anybody. Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to take that. We, I, we, I was worried you were going to say like that we're, we'd be better at math, and I was going to say. Ugh. That's because unlike the fast lane, this show is uh, pro pro kids, pro pro education, pro the oh. number of pro the count. day. I say simply heaven. The number of the day is seven. The count is on our air all the time. All the time. I mean, it, it, it's for, you know, sometimes not great reasons, but yeah. we do have the count. Yeah, Randy, you guys got to remember, Randy likes numbers. It's just when you put letters inside of his math, that's when Randy gets well, angry. This is absolutely true. But what I want, it, I don't I want the numbers to be used as a tool and not a driving force. As Tony Larusa said pretty much every day to people that covered his teams, they're men, not machines. And the analytics people want them to be machines. That's the issue. Yeah, that's that is an an issue, a big issue. Hopefully, 
and get it figured out. So I was uh, looking at this, and, and I'm looking at the the standings right now. As we sit, we are nine and a half games back. We. They lost yeah. 14 nothing last night. Well, it's, are we taking I, ourselves out of it now? I, I, I'm, Randy, I'm going to stick beside him. I admire huh? you <laughs> from either they. That's beautiful, honestly. If it the is. Cardinals stand pat at the trade deadline, they will finish last by 15 games. Take Ooh. it or leave it. Take it. I'm going to have to take it. If they don't make a move... Move anything. Move a dresser. Move a shelf. Move a, a couch. <laughs> move something. Move a post-game food spread. Move it to a different place. Do something different yeah. than what you're doing. <laughs> and that's the situation that we were talking about earlier. What can you do right now? This is the way that the roster is constructed. What can you do at this moment with what you have to I mean, so, uh, make some sort of energy. I'm in a loss of words of like the situation the Cardinals are in. And I honestly have no idea how you get out of it. To quote our At great friend, moment. DeMarco Farr, sometimes you just got to shoot a hostage. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. so I, I think that that's, that's the move. Some, somebody got to die. Uh, what, what did the coach say about the team's execution? I'm all for it. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, that's great. That is such a great line. What do you think about your team's execution? Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. That was John McKay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Take it or leave it. And I texted you guys There's last night. in the hallway. Oh, there are donuts. Take it or leave it. And I mean this in the most enduring and nice way whatsoever. In the most enduring and nice way is what I'm trying to get at. Sorry, everybody's very distracted by the donuts. I know. (laughs) Uh, Very nice. So anyways, as I was saying, I enjoy personally listening to Jim Edmonds on the broadcast. And I I love it. And I mean this. I'm seriously not making fun because I think some people might think I'm being sarcastic. I genuinely enjoy it. And I don't want to take away any time for BT because BT is awesome. But I just like how Jim Edmonds literally says whatever he wants to say. Take it or leave it. Jim Edmonds and his distractions last night kind of helped take away some of the national heat from what was going on because some of his comments got more national attention. I'll take it. You think he does that intentionally? No. Like, no. He's, he's and he's th- just no, being himself, and I love that. He, so here's the thing. He might be so far ahead of the game. He's playing chess while well, everyone else be. is moving in a different way. They're, they're playing checkers. He understands that this be. team is struggling right now, so he's just going to he's gonna take the pressure and put it on himself so, and not focus on the on-field product. Can you believe what that Cardinals broadcaster said last night? No one's talking about the 14 no <laughs> Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. This is an level yeah. of way to play the game. <laughs> which, which comment are the... Uh, Twitterverse offended by. Do, do you want me to? You yeah. want me to the say Indians that? One? It's, yes. a, it's the Indians discussion, which yeah. he which he doubled down on two days yeah. in a row for whatever <laughs> yeah. reason. Yeah. I will say I don't know if anybody was clamoring for that. Should be named and, then, so. and then later on in the game, luckily I think Chip started to come up with the own commentary, his own commentary, and then they made like a peanut butter discussion again. Yeah, much better. That's, I, that's easier. I texted you all this, and I may have heard it incorrectly, and and I, I'm not sure, but I, I'm almost certain. And if someone else heard it, please text in. I think he said. Adam Wainwright is about to start his 400th game of his career. Heck, I don't even know if I played in 400 games. I was always injured. 
<laughs> she played 2100 <laughs> games. <laughs> what are you talking about? 2100? Hilarious. I don't know if I had 400 starts in my career. I was always hurt. Some people are saying what? he's grumpy, all that stuff. I, I think he's just living his best life. He is himself. Yeah. He's, he's a, I will always he's appreciate when people are like that. He's a baseball savant. What he's do we a got savant the, of some yeah, kind. Yeah. What do we got on the text line there, Matthew? <laughs> Take, take it or leave it. Miles Michaelis needs to burn a bushel of sage. Take it. Yeah, a whole oh my a, God. a barrel. We, you need all of that. You need sage. Yeah. What else? What Randy, else we got to fire up the yeah. dark web. We could. Oh, Michelle and That's I are ready we have to, to do, do. This. We need to get some black salt. We need to get a mirror. And when did, and when, when did you guys have that discussion? A mirror. <laughs> uh, this was before the... Uh, Devil magic? Yeah, this was actually at the outset of the 2018-2019 Blues season when they were like near last place. So you all helped bring them... Bring them back. Well, we didn't do it because they turned it around, but we were absolutely convinced you that were, they were you cursed. Were talking about it. Are the Cardinals suffering? And I hate to say that somebody would do this, especially somebody that's a God fearing man, but are they suffering from the curse of Mike Schilt, who has placed a curse on them no. after he gave his life to I, them? I'm, oh. That's a conspiracy theory I would 100% buy into. Or did you also just trade away too much of the baseball gods to get that ending with Albert Pujols' final season? That could be. Oh. That could be. That's a good point. Take it or leave it. Goldie, Arenado, Walker, win. Those are the only players that are protected at the deadline. Everyone else is open. Goldie, Arenado, Walker, win. I'll take that. Gorman? Mm. I, I could. Maybe yeah. not. Arenado, Walker. Goldie, Walker. Yeah, I, I'm... Arnado uh, win. And Wayno's not going anywhere, I mean, and Contreras isn't either. Yeah, they aren't. So I'll take it, yeah. If you could move Contreras, you would, though. He wouldn't be an untouchable. He's not going but he's anywhere. just not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah so anywhere. I'll take that, yeah. And that means that Gorman, Edmund, DeYoung. Um, what about Yvonne Herrera? I'm, Are you talking on, on oh. the roster well, now? Like when, on is, the, when is uh, on that list? Well, oh, uh, when is on that list. Yeah. yeah. Well, hmm. uh, no, hence. Uh, no Herrera. Okay. Uh, I'd, I'd trade her. I'd, I'd trade Herrera. I don't know. I can't. There's no way to know with him because the last time we saw him up at the majors, he was overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed, yep. but he's hitting the cover off the ball every time he steps to the plate in the minors. So it's like, is he a quad yeah. A player or is he a legitimate prospect? We we have we have no way of knowing until he comes up here and we see you know on 150 at bats at the major league level. Right. Um, take it or leave it. If you guys love Sesame Street, Tim and Jackson are basically Bert and Ernie. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll take that. Oh, I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna take it. I. You don't see it? I leave no? it. No? Okay. Yeah. That's perfect. You kidding me? You guys are crazy. That's yep. a perfect description. By the way, Herrera's OPS <laughs> down to 961. Yeah. Talk about it later. <laughs> oh. One more. Take it or leave it. There's at least two big blockbuster trades in NBA free agency. Take it. How at about least the two? Damian uh, Lillard Harden. and Harden? Is Harden a blockbuster trade at this point? Yes. 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 Zion? Ooh, that'd be interesting. Zion's going anywhere. So, but that'd be interesting. Thank you, Matthew. He's going to have to go to the hospital. He's going to be a baby daddy. Oh, yeah. good for him. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, uh, has the clock ticked zero for the 2023 Cardinals? That's coming your way with our fresh take here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
are there some things that maybe we could do right now, meaning in the next 30 days, that could help this club get over the hump? Those are things we want to consider. We also want to understand what it might look like to try to help improve this club for the future. So that could look like trading for some prospects that you could add into your system, but it could also mean you know, adding some players that could help contribute right away next year as well. So I don't think you're going to see a heavy activity in the trade deadline until you really get closer to the end of July. That's the Cardinal Pobo John Mozeliak on Valley Sports. It is 8 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke, Carey, Randy, and today's fresh take. Was that intriguing that he could said that he said could help next year as yes. well as opposed to yes. this year? That would be to me some players that yeah. could help next year. Yeah. That sounds to me like they understand who they are, and so should we. Unless he just yes. misspoke, yeah. But he definitely said players that could help prospects for the future and yes. players that we can get right now that could help next year. And that's where they should be. And if you go back to when the Cardinals were ten games out. In 2011, and, and I know this is brought up a lot. Well, the Cardinals were ten and a half games out with a month to go in 2011. To me, the difference is, and by the way, they were ten and a half games out on September 5th. Okay, and they wound up uh, with a wild card spot. They win the, didn't win the division, but they were playing competitive games. They were losing three two and eleven eight, and uh, winning eight to four. It, it was, and there was a, a loss to Pittsburgh, a seven nothing loss, but. They weren't as consistently non-competitive as this team has been for the last month. Now, every team's going to win their game. In 60, you're going to lose 60. It's what happens with the other 40 that matter. And that's the way the Cardinal season has gone. But unfortunately, the other 40 are not so good. But to have a stretch where you're this non-competitive, for me, this looks so much like 1990. And in 1990, there was an excuse. Willie McGee had won an MVP five years before. He was set to be a free agent. Whitey Herzog comes to an agreement with him, sends him upstairs. The general manager says, we're not signing you. Terry Pendleton, the leader of that team. There was no captain, but Terry Pendleton was a leader on that team, was going to become a free agent. Vince Coleman, the linchpin for their success in the mid-'80s, was going to become a free agent. Uh, Ken Daly, their best player in the 85 playoffs, was going to become a free agent. What had happened was Gussie Bush had died in 1989. Mr. Bush III took over in 1990, and the brewery checked out. Mr. Bush III didn't care about baseball. They didn't care about winning baseball. So Whitey got upset with that. He knew they weren't trying, so Whitey resigned. All those players that were going to be free agents, well, Willie wound up getting traded, but but uh, they were ticked, as they should have been. I keep looking for an excuse for this team because I'm still convinced that the names on the back of the jerseys are better than they're playing. I'm trying to come up with a reason that they're so bad and that they have, in my opinion, on June 30th, no chance to be in the playoffs. They have no chance because it all goes back to roster construction and what you have right now. And I know that we can always point to, all right, I, I know that they'll bring it up when you talk about starting pitching this past offseason, that maybe some of the guys that you were banking on, they're injured. And that looks great. Hindsight is 2020, right? But when you look at this roster construction, don't you think that they might have been banking a little bit too much on Dakota Hudson eventually coming mm-hmm. back here, on Stephen Matz and his ceiling, and maybe even some of the other factors? Flaherty. Flaherty, because they mentioned that. They specifically mentioned that Flaherty, they kind of looked to him to have a big season. And I think it all circles back to that because starting pitching, and that includes Wayno, we all can look at this and be fair and say this hasn't been an ideal season for Adam Wainwright. We know that. But at the same time, they're not losing all these games because of Adam Wainwright. So this is the point where you are what you are. Your record is what it is. For the people who want to move Adam Wainwright out, what are you going to do with him? 
at this moment? Well, and also, what is your answer to fill his void? Because right now, it seems like the answer is going to have to be outside this organization in order for them to make any sort of push later in the second half of the season. And last year, Adam Wainwright gave you 191 and two-thirds innings. He went 11 and 12 with a 3.71 earned run average. He was a fine back-of-the-rotation guy. He was fine. And when they signed him, I didn't have any trouble with that. That's the price you pay for a 41-year-old back-of-the-rotation guy. $17 million. I was hoping that he would get close to 100. Maybe even if he got 175 innings. But if he could give you an earned run average around four and do what he did last year, be around 500 uh, with his starts, and he made 32 starts. If he would have just been able to take the ball every time, I would have been very happy with that. And by the way, he's, aside from that first month since he got healthy, taking the ball, but he's not going to give you 32 starts. But that was the thing last year. He was durable. He gave you innings, and this year he can't even give you innings. But for, for all those people that say, oh, they shouldn't have brought him back, look at last year and tell me that you wouldn't have brought that back. Because most teams in Major League Baseball, if they can get that from their number four or five guy, okay, not even most, every single team in Major League Baseball, if they can get 191 innings in a 3.71 ERA from their number five starter, they're going to take it. Yeah, Berg, Every I, team. I agree with you, Randy, and Berg, I agree with you. You talked about roster construction. All offseason, we heard, oh, we have six starters. We got six guys. We got six guys that we can trust and go out there. And right now, you have one? One, maybe two. Uh, Montgomery one and now. A half? I, I would go Montgomery. Montgomery, and yeah. Okay. Montgomery. But, is but depending I'm, on the day, because yes. Miles, you know, blew up in the first inning a couple of days ago. Yeah, but that's, I, I mean, Scherzer blows up. So it's it, it happens so, now so, and then. So two. Yeah. As opposed to six. Yes. When when everyone was concerned and about the And by the way, the we are being pitch. generous, right? I, I to, think so. two. Yeah, we're being generous. I said one and a half. Yeah. I mean, and the half is depending on who's performing well and yeah. who isn't. Um, you know, I, I, it, that's the problem. It's it's the decision to not go out and get the free agent pitcher. It's the decision not the decision not to take care of that part of the team. And and you know, we heard all about the the World Baseball Classic and guys not being there and guys missing time. But they were all playing baseball. Yes, it's not like they were sitting on the couch relaxing chilling, not doing anything. We've heard about, you know, the complaints of the catcher. Well, I've seen pitchers in the major leagues, Randy. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. I've said it before. I've watched real life major league pitchers (laughs) look at their catcher on opposing teams and shake their head no, left Mm -hmm. to right, which means no, I don't want to throw that. And then actually throw a pitch that they want to throw and they throw a strike. It is not about the catcher. It is not about anything. It's about the pitching and lack thereof and the inability to get people out to eat up innings and take care of your business as a team. They are struggling mightily in that area. And then some days the bats don't show up, and now you get beat 14 to nothing. And I'm not going to feel sorry for them about the Wilson Contreras situation. Once again, you're the one that went out and courted him. You knew who he was. He was literally in your division. You've had years to understand who he is, who he is as a catcher, and this is a situation you put yourself in. We should have seen, honestly, we should have seen this coming. And I was thinking about this last night. It almost feels like when I was in high school, this is the only thing, like, personally I can relate it to in high school. 
high school. I should have seen coming my ex-boyfriend at the time cheating on me with my best friend. There, the signs were all there. Really? What was the And I one? turned a blind eye. Um, hanging out with each other a lot and also some other things. So once again, ignoring some of those signs were there. We knew going to the season, they didn't get enough to really push this team forward roster construction-wise. They settled with Wilson Contreras, and that was it. We should have known going to the season, just like I should have known in high school, what was coming right around the corner. Should have seen it. Should have seen, seen it. This is a show where we're learning things. We learn, we we learn a lot here. Not we just are. baseball, but life. Yeah, young ladies, yeah. young men. Yeah. Pay attention take, to the signs. Take note. Yes. Take note. Pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. It seems odd. It probably is. Yeah, is like, exactly. And that's yeah. why, if, if only I could go back in time. Yeah. And I'm sure Mosaic feels the exact same way. And Just you, go back in time. The one thing I wanted to bring up, Brooke, is I've given a lot of credit over the years, deserved credit to Bill DeWitt Jr. and John Mosaic for the Cardinals' success because that's where the buck stops. If, but if you're going to get credit for the good years, then you have to be accountable for the bad years. For me, this year, with as bad as things are, and this is, like I said, this is the worst I've seen since 1990, and I've, I've been around, you know. For me, the only two people in the organization that have shown themselves to be accountable for how bad things are are Nolan Arnato and Adam Wainwright. Is there anybody else in this organization, whether it's the manager, the general manager, the pobo, the owner, anybody who has come out to you and you felt like, okay, that person is taking some of the blame for this, aside from those two, Arnato and Wainwright, who has held themselves accountable? I've seen some of the other players and I've heard some other players where they are disappointed in themselves and they're not pointing the finger exactly, at least in front of media folks, mm-hmm. of pointing the finger saying, well, this person is not doing their job and this and that. They all are taking the blame. I would like to see from an organizational standpoint more of that accountability. We saw it from Steve Cohen, the Mets yes, owner, the exactly. other day, didn't we? He, yeah. said, he literally said that, that it was on him mm-hmm. because this was the roster that he constructed and also put the money for. I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I mean, we're all in agreement here. It's just, it's not enough accountability from the front office, from people. As you said, you want to hear from them. You want to hear what happened, what has happened, what's going on, and why is it looking like this? And, you know, I mean, we, we talked about it with the Blues. Their season was similar to what we're seeing from the Cardinals. Sometimes you got to go. You you may have to go in a different direction when you realize that this direction is not going how you wanted it to or how you planned for it to. It might be time to, to, to make a shift. And that shift could be moving some people, moving some people around, trading some people and getting something back that can help you for the future. Because even I don't know what you do in free agency that could help this team drastically going into next year. I don't know how you get better this year or next year without moving some of these parts. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. That's today's Fresh Take here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we'll see if we can get some answers from our buddy Greg Amzinger, the lead anchor for MLB Network, a native of St. Louis and a product of the Lindenwood University. Greg is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It is Friday morning. It's Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. Usually you hear Greg Amsinger of MLB Network from St. Louis and from Lindenwood University on Thursday mornings, but he wasn't with us yesterday. He's with us on the Celebrity Line now. Good morning, Greg. It's great to have you with us. Why were you not with us yesterday? 
Oh, well, I had, I had a huge, huge golf match planned, um, big money at stake. And my partner was my 13 year old son. That does not sound like good parenting at all, but he was very excited to do it. Do you guys remember when I told you about my birthday week where my family is forced to celebrate my birthday for an entire week? You guys remember that? <laughs> yes. It's the best week ever. It's the best week ever. Well, earlier this week, I got a viral infection. I've never been bedridden before. It's crazy when you literally can't get out of bed. So I had three amazing rounds of golf planned all week long. Had to cancel all of them. Like, I'm sweating right now talking to you. And I had to call out of work. I never call out of work. But they gave me one night off. It was Wednesday night. No big deal. I just missed Domingo Herman to a perfect game. It's happened 23 <laughs> other times, right? It's not like an uncommon occurrence, right? So I wasn't there for Domingo Armand's perfect game. So to console myself during the worst week ever, because I'm bedridden, I couldn't do anything, I decided I'm going to watch every pitch of last night's Astros-Cardinals game. And it's the worst week ever, guys. Worst week ever. I, I know. It's been painful, and we've been talking about it. So since you watched the game, what do you think about the Cardinals and what they do moving forward when it comes to Adam Wainwright? I, you know, I, I truly believe that injuries are sometimes made up to save a player, okay? And players will eventually tell you after they retire that this actually is a common occurrence where you just save a guy who's really, really struggling. And Adam just doesn't have anything to get people out. He He's hoping that they hit it hard at one of his teammates. <laughs> That's the only way he's getting people out right now. He, he's been a trick guy since he turned 40, and He's not tricking anybody anymore. And guys are really aggressive in the batter's box. They are really a swing away against him. So I just, I don't know what the plan is. I think I, I, I would give him an extended all-star break, really let him just settle in. Um, it, when you get into your 40s, it's a different form of life. It's things don't work the way they used to work. So I would give him an extended all-star break and see if he comes back with a little more spirit on his pitches. But as of right now, it's, it, he's throwing BP in the big leagues, which doesn't work. Greg, what has surprised you most about the Cardinals this season? You know, uh, what surprised me most is that depth can be a bad thing. Hmm. I've learned that depth can be a bad thing. Um there's, there have been numerous. I'm a huge college basketball fan, and when I watch these blue chip McDonald's All Americans all decide to go to one school, right? Well, that school for some reason will struggle and lose games because the culture's messed up. Because guys are disgruntled, they never sat the bench before, and this overflow of depth and talent is leading to culture war within the within the program, and you don't want a 162 tryout to happen for the baseball season. You really want a team to understand what the role is. But when you know that the front office knows that they have five guys that can play behind you, that can replace you, and everyone in the media talks about it, it is a hard thing to try out when you're a big leaguer. So to me, that's what it feels like. I mean, Contreras even went through it, and he got a big contract. But Arenado doesn't deal with this. Goldschmidt doesn't deal with it. But for the rest of these guys, they're trying out. And, and that is a really weird thing that I never thought I'd say, that sometimes depth can be a problem. So, Greg, last year, 
the Texas Rangers went 68 and 94. Right now they're in first place in their division. Cincinnati Reds went 62 and 100. Now they're tied for first in their division. The Arizona Diamondbacks went 74 and 88, finished fourth in their division, 37 games behind the Dodgers. Now the Diamondbacks are in first. My question is, how do the Cardinals perform that sort of turnaround for 2024? By trading away guys that won't impact 2024 dramatically. Uh, if they're going to be sellers, you got to look and go, okay, who can we win without? Keep in mind, you're not going to have headline attractions with starting pitcher free agency, but it is as deep when it comes to starting pitchers as I've seen. There are going to be many, many free agent starting pitching options for the Cardinals to pluck away. Um, so with that said, who could they trade away? When you're bedridden, you think about this stuff, right? So, um, I was thinking, you know, Jack, Jack Flaherty has to be traded. If you're the, if you're the LA Angels, you're thinking bring this guy back to California. He'll be rejuvenated. He'll love being in our ballpark. You could find a clear cut number two behind Shohei Otani. Tommy Edmond. Um, I mean, I love the guy. I don't think he's a starting player, but I think he would be a terrific cherry on the top of the aforementioned Texas Rangers. They've got their consistent lineup every single day, but he could literally play every day, giving a spot day off to all of their guys. I think he'd be a perfect fit. And, and Brutus Bochy had many players just like Tommy Edmond during his days with the San Francisco Giants. I see Jordan Montgomery going to the San Francisco Giants, who have been a surprise team in the NL West. And I think his stuff would play in that big ballpark. I think Jordan Montgomery would be terrific there. Um, so, and then Paul DeYoung. I think Paul DeYoung is the shortstop version of Max Muncy. If you look at home runs per at-bat, uh, he's up there. He might be most in baseball. So uh, the Dodgers love that kind of thing. They're getting no offensive production at shortstop right now. Miguel Rojas, is, I don't think, has a home run. I think DeYoung to the Dodgers makes a ton of sense. You trade away guys, get some young talent in return, keep the core like you said. I, I think they could give it a go again. And I wouldn't be shocked, depending on who they sign in free agency, to have a lot of people pick the Cardinals to win the Central next year. Is there anybody in particular, starting pitching-wise, that you think that would be available that would, would be a good fit for the Cardinals? You know, right now, no. I, I think they're so far out of it. I, 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 I can't even picture this team turning this thing around. Their losses are depressing. They're like rollover depressing. And there's not going to be a change. So, I mean, if there's one, they're all, all hands are on the wheel. Every human in the front office and Ali Marmol and his coaching staff, everyone has got their hand on the wheel and they're all sinking the ship together, right? Like they're all going down together. No one is arguing with anybody. It is one voice and they're all going down. So I think everyone comes back. I don't think there's a starting pitcher or two that can turn the season around, frankly. Uh, in free agency, I think Lucas Giolito, I kick the tires on Lucas Giolito. When he's right, he's got some of the nastiest stuff since he changed his mechanics and put his uh, arm slot by his ear. So I, I like him, big, strong right-hander. He's got Cy Young potential. But as of this year, I don't think there's a – I think being a buyer as of right now – would be the wrong play for the Cardinals. Greg, one of the issues that I have with, with this team, and I'm not in the clubhouse, but just in visualizing them, I don't think that they hate losing enough. And I think they need a guy to lead the way in getting them to hate losing. We've read that, so that St. Louis and Max Scherzer would be willing to give, give up his no trade. Would he come here and be that guy that can teach people how to hate losing? Ooh, that would be tough. Y- yes, I, the answer is yes. Because he did want to come to St. Louis. Uh, that he was interested as a free agent. But I think the price tag was so astronomically large. 
and his agent is just so warm and cuddly that <laughs> they never got a call back. Um, but I, I do think that that would change the culture within that starting rotation. You know, when the leader of the rotation is maybe the most charismatic, wonderful gentleman of all time in Adam Wainwright, that is a great thing. But when the leader of the rotation has the worst stuff, and Adam would tell you that. Adam would tell you to get the, the worst stuff at this age of anyone in the rotation. Um, Max Scherzer, at his age, still can strike people out. And K for nine is what reigns supreme. It might be the most important stat in baseball. Uh, teams that their staff can strike out the opponent the most. It's not home runs, it's strikeouts. And Max Scherzer can still do that. I think it's, I think it's a fascinating play. But I love what you said. They don't hate losing enough. I was on the radio in Seattle, and they're asking me what's wrong with the Mariners. And I, I lost my – I just blew a gasket the other day. Do you remember when Anthony Santander, uh, Santander – uh, robbed Julio Rodriguez of a home run. I don't know if you saw this play. Yeah. And Julio, rounding first, this is a team that's got a losing record, like five games under 500. He laughs, takes his helmet off, tips his cap to him, and he's cheering for him. I, I don't want to see that. I want him to throw his helmet down. I want him to scream. I want him to glare at the guy. I need, I need fire. I need the hatred of losing, like you said. You don't want a, bu- a bunch of Eagle Scouts you want your sister to date on the team. It's okay to have like five of them, okay? But you need those ornery guys that want to go into an alley and, and fight the other club. Uh, the Cardinals might need a good brawl. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. I don't condone violence. I don't condone violence. But they need something to wake them up, their pulse. I'm like, they're a team right now. They have to check their pulse every other inning. Like, whoa, are they alive? Whoa, are they alive? Whoa. They, they need something. And right now they don't have it. Greg, uh, the names that you mentioned, I didn't hear Jordan Hicks. He's an undra- he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. Do you think the Cardinals are going to re-sign him, or do you think he could potentially be part of a trade as well? Mm, I think he would definitely be a piece. Uh, his stuff is just electric. Uh, doesn't get the strikeouts as you would think, the velocity that he has, uh, one of the best in baseball. There will definitely be teams calling, um, no doubt. I don't know if the Cardinals – would be interesting in bringing interested in bringing him back. To me, he re- reminds me of uh, of Reyes, who they decided not to keep, and they were very patient with him. I, I, I think this is a team that's going to try to reimagine their pitching in the offseason. That's what I think they're going to do. Uh, Flaherty's days are numbered as a Cardinal. I think Montgomery's days are numbered as a Cardinal. Uh, obviously, Adam Wainwright won't be back. He's retiring. So uh, the entire bullpen could be reimagined. The staff definitely will be reimagined. So you'll be seeing different people throwing baseballs to Wilson Contreras, unless there's drama there in 2024. Greg, last thing. Later on in the show, we're going to have our 4th of July food draft. If Greg Amzinger has the first pick in the 4th of July food draft, traditional 4th of July barbecue food, what are you taking? I'm doing a spicy Italian sausage. Mm. Oh, that's, that's very, very specific. nicely done. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> It's delicious. You can actually get them. You can get them that has like cheese in them as well, and they're just oh, it's, I haven't eaten in three days. So that you just got me going. <laughs> okay, and uh, so uh, the the golf match. Who who's going to win the when it gets rescheduled and you wind up playing? Uh, who's going to win? My, my wife was a bit concerned that I'm playing for money with my son. My son is six foot one. Okay, <laughs> he looks. He's got a full mustache. You would think he can drive. All right, <laughs> and he suits he, in the seventies, so he's thirteen years old. He's not paying these guys if we lose. I'm going to pay. <laughs> but I want him to have fun. I want him to get out there and play against real good players that are 
you know, they're, are intimidating. He's going to play against professional athletes. So it's good for him. He wants to be a college golfer. I think it's part of the maturation process. I, 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 I'm going to tell him, look, if you make it to the PGA, just don't tell people that this happened. Right? <laughs> like when Jim Nance interviews you on CBS, don't say, what are some of your fondest memories playing with your dad? Oh, I remember when I was 13 years old, we were playing for $200 on the front, $200 on the back. Like, don't do that to me, London. Don't do that to me. Okay, but it, Greg, answer the question. Who's going to win? Oh, we're going to win. Dude, when is he going to win it, bro? Okay. He doesn't miss a putt. He's just in the 70s. He's got ice in his veins. He's been playing since he was three. We get over the ball, and we stand there for like 12 seconds. He, he wonders what's wrong with us. It's like we have like severe golf stuttering issues, right? So he walks over the ball. He puts the ball on the ground and then take a practice swing and pipes it 250 with a three wood right down the middle. And he looks at me like he's confused. Like, what's wrong with you? Uh, so, hey, we're going to win. I love it. Hey, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Have a great 4th of July weekend. Enjoy yourself and can't wait to see you back on TV. And somebody, by the way, texted in and said, Greg, sweat, that's sacrilegious. I, 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 no one can see me. I'm in my room. My hair's down. <laughs> my hair is down that's how bad i feel about oh, that that's terrible that is terrible. epically bad feeling hope you feel better <laughs> love you greg we'll see you later take care guys thanks brother greg amzinger mlb network on 101 espn he is so much fun coming up the fight our last fight before the long holiday weekend on 101 espn you and we need a fighter and you can ruin friday Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday for me. You can you could ruin five days if you can beat me. Coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the Opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is John. John, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Are you ready to ruin Megamind's <laughs> four day weekend? Man, I, I sure hope so. But uh, he's he's pretty good at this game. So, John, there's we'll one person. We're rooting for you. There's one person in the studio who is not rooting for you, and that would be one Matthew Rocchio. He he does not want to see you succeed, John. So we're going to do this, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the most recent pitcher to hit the 4,000 career strikeout mark, doing so on this day in 2004? Is it Kurt Schilling, Greg Maddox, or Randy Johnson? Randy. The Cardinals currently have nine losses when leading after the seventh inning, their most since 2008. Who led the team and saves that season with 17? Is it Jason Isringhausen, Trevor Rosenthal, or Ryan Franklin? Franklin. Which country hosted the Olympics when Michael Phelps set the record for most gold medals in a single Olympics with eight? Was it London, South Africa, or China? China. Who owns the modern era Major League Baseball record for stolen bases by a primary first baseman in a single season with 49? Rod Carew? Gerald Perry, Greg Jeffries. 
That's a tough one. Jeffries. All right. We will double check our answers and we will bring in Randy Carricker. John, how you feeling? I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe two out of four. Mixed feelings on that one? I think so. You sounded pretty how confident do, do on the call. I, I feel you, you feel? did. I think you we'll, we'll see how we'll see if it holds okay. up. If it's if it's it gets you know, Hawaiian you, themed well, Randy. Oh, here we no. go again. Yeah, oh, no. You got these <laughs> headphones. He got he's, yeah, he's ready for me. Yeah, they're, they're fine. They're good. Oh, right, you good to go? Yeah, we're you good. You just threw those things on. You're going to. Can yeah. you hear? I can hear. How okay. Everything's right. good. Yeah. <laughs> Say hello to John. <laughs> John, how you doing, man? Randy, doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for playing. Of course. All right, Randy, here we go. Okay. Who is the most recent pitcher to hit the 4,000 career strikeout mark, doing so on this day in 2004? 2004. 4,000 Ks. Wow. Um, 2004. Okay, so that would not have been Clemens because he was with the Yankees when he did it, and he was with the uh, Astros in 2004. So we're looking probably at hmm, the big unit, I would say. I would, I, I'm going to go uh, big unit, Randy Johnson, 2004. Yeah, I'll go big unit, Randy Johnson. Oh, sorry. The Cardinals <laughs> currently have nine losses when leading after the seventh inning. They're most since 2008. Who led the team in saves that season with 17? 2008 Cardinals save leader. That was a pretty nondescript team. I think Ryan Franklin represented the Cardinals in the All-Star game. So I'm going to go with uh, Ryan Franklin. I think that was in 2009, but he's still, I think he was their closer for a couple of years. Which country hosted the Olympics when Michael Phelps set the record for most gold medals in a single Olympics with eight? Is it England? Oh, South? I don't need oh. Oh. <laughs> I'll give them to me then. Go ahead. Let's see. England, South Africa, or China? I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Beijing, China. So does that mean that you don't get to have yes. options moving yes, forward? That okay. Moves. Yeah, All that right. does mean that, yeah. Okay. Sorry about it. Who owns the modern era Major League Baseball record for stolen bases by a prim- primary first baseman in a single season with 49? 49 stolen bases in the modern era as a first baseman. Um, that would have been nice to have a lifeline for. <laughs> um Hmm. Somebody, uh, somebody that is a good base runner. Um, Cubs, Reds, Pirates, Dodgers, Padres. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to go with Rod Carew when he was with the Angels. He was his base dealer. He moved from second to first when he moved to the Angels. And I can't think of anybody because uh, I, I just don't want to go through all the teams. So I am going to go with a Rod Carew off the top of my head in the essence of time. In the essence of time. Look at you, Randy Carricker. 
This was an extremely close one. Just a one question win. Was John able to ruin, was it Saturday? You know, Friday, Friday. Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. Monday, not one, not two, not, not three. three, not four, but five full days. Or did Megamind survive somehow and keep rolling on? Please, dear Lord, ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? <laughs> oh, Sean! He did it! Joe Buck, you heard it. No, Joe Buck, excuse me. Excuse me. Joe Buck, Jack Buck, Jack. excuse me. You heard it there, which means that Randy hit the jack. You got three correct, John, but Randy beat you by the skin of his teeth. <laughs> It was it was Rod Carew, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. 100. It was Rod Carew, who is the most recent pitcher to go hit the 4,000 career strikeout mark. Doing so on this day in 2004, Roger Clemens had already hit it, mm-hmm. and when Randy Johnson became the most recent to do it on this day in 2004, Clemens had done it. He he got his 4,000 strikeout and his 300th win in the same game against the Cardinals. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cardinals currently have nine losses when leading after the seventh inning. Did that change last night? Were they? That's not last night. They were okay. They were okay by the ninth inning. Okay. Okay. Uh, Who led the team in saves that season with 17? Jason Isringhausen got the 12 before his season turned really sour, unfortunately. And then Ryan Franklin came in to lead the team with 17.
We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. Clean sheeted by the Houston Astros last night. Uh, and not only that, but you are currently, and I believe forevermore, in last place in your division. Uh, it's going to be hard for the Cardinals to dig out of this. They're four and a half games behind the fourth place Cubs right now. Four and a half behind the Cubs on at the end of June. We're halfway through the season now. Uh, this is not great. So it's time for bird droppings. Yeah, there we go. Uh, guys, I, I agree with Greg Amzinger in his belief that the Cardinals need to make moves for 2024. And I don't think this team does need major moves in terms of the talent on the field. Now, in terms of how that talent is utilized, I just uh, I choked you choked up. Yeah, broke up. Yeah, sorry. In, in, in terms of how that <laughs> talent is utilized and perhaps how that talent is led, yes, I have very serious questions about that. But I do think, especially when you look at teams that have turned it around this year, like the Diamondbacks, like the Reds, like the Rangers. They've done it in different ways, but it certainly is possible for the Cardinals to turn things around this year. And I do think they need to get themselves. This is my my big overarching theme today. They need to get themselves some players with some grit. They need to get some players that are rugged. They need to get some players that get ticked off when they lose. And that needs to permeate throughout the clubhouse because it's... Country club is not fair. It's it's not a country club atmosphere. But I think it's fair, and this is part of what baseball is now, to question whether or not they know how to be competitive. They're so concerned about the process. They're co- so concerned about launch angle. They're so concerned about exit velocity. You get, you get called back up. Did how great were the numbers that Jordan Walker had? You didn't get, get he didn't get called up to make baseball plays. He got called up to do the three true, true outcomes of analytics. Baseball plays include hitting the ball to the right side. Baseball plays including playing good defense. Baseball plays include uh, being able to run the bases properly. Baseball plays include being willing to hit that little ground ball that goes seventy miles an hour rather than the line drive that goes one hundred and twenty, so that and risking striking out so that you can get a run home from third with less than two out. Sometimes you have to do little things to make big things happen. Cardinals don't do enough little things to make big things happen. That's what they need to change. And then some of the talent and a lot of the pitching. But big thing is start playing winning baseball like the Cardinals used to do. No, I I agree. I mean, grit seems to be something that you could say is lacking a lot in this group right now. Mm-hmm. Of just seeing, as you mentioned there, just anger, getting angry, or and also you're talking about hitting and approach with that. Just call for what that moment needs yeah. and having a feel for that moment. I I know that these guys are have the ability. We've seen it in past seasons to do that, and it seems like that's lacking this season. The feel just feels off. If that makes any sense, sometimes. It's better just to make contact rather than to try to hit a home run and strike out. That that happens? That has people, happened. Choke up a little bit, get your bat on the ball. <laughs> That's not baseball, Randy. Baseball like it ought to be. Oh, okay. Right. Is that winning baseball? That's winning baseball, okay. my man. All right, this other stuff we're doing, I don't know. Who knows? So, uh, yeah, that was, that's exactly what we're, we're going for here. Uh, my bird droppings is not actually a bird drop. It's a bird watch because it, it is Jordan Walker, and he has been performing well. He had a misplay of a ball in the outfield. That's going to come with experience and time. 
it, it wasn't a good play. It, I, no, I laughed. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> I laughed. It wasn't. They didn't score a run, so it, it was funny to me. But, you know, that part of his game will get better with time. But the fact that he has had – Randy, he's played 41 games in the major leagues. He has had a hit in all of his games except for six. So 35 games he's had a hit in. That's 85% of the time he is getting a hit, getting on base. You remember the movie My Cousin Vinny? You love that movie, mm, right? I love that movie. Remember when the, 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 the co-defendant stood up and said, I want that guy. Yeah, right, right. That's who yeah. I want. I yeah. want him. I yeah. want him to be at bat. I want him to have those opportunities. His OPS in the month of June is 976. He's batting 338 in the month of June. This is a guy who has not changed anything from what he was doing prior to going down he is doing he one thing he is doing better is is taking walks and not swinging at pitches out of the zone mm-hmm. and i thought about this randy maybe just maybe He's hitting the ball on the ground a lot because that's where the pitchers are pitching him. They are pitching sliders low and away because he tends to chase those. And when he doesn't, he hits it hard and he hits it on the ground and he gets through. The old adage in baseball, hit it where they ain't. Mm -hmm. Well, Jordan Walker does that pretty damn well. So... I am excited about his future as a Cardinal. I am frustrated that they that they had the audacity to send him down to work on something that clearly didn't need much work. Maybe, again, having a better eye and not chasing so many pitches out of the zone, he still does ch- want to chase that slider. That, that mm-hmm. That's his pitch. He sees it, and he wants to go get it. But all in all, he is performing extremely well. 85% of the games he's played in, he has been on base and had a hit. I want that guy. Yeah, everybody does. And in his professional career, he has played 57, 67, 77, 95 games in the outfield. He hadn't played a full season in the outfield yet. So give him some time because he wasn't an outfielder coming out in, in high school either. So he needs that opportunity to grow as an outfielder. Should it have been given it to given to him last year? Yes, but it wasn't. That horse is out of the barn. That toothpaste is out of the tube. Can't What's another adage in. that we can use? <laughs> um, there's another one. The that, toothpaste out of the tube is a great one. It's a good because one. Because you'll never get it back yeah. in. No. Oh, that, that water is under the bridge. There, you go. there we oh, go. I like that one. So You've crossed the elbow? Yeah, yeah. So that's already happened. So let's just watch the kid grow. Let's watch him. He's growing as a hitter and he's growing as an outfielder too. I agree. And just give him the tools around him to help him flourish and grow. Right? Right. Please. Just just believe in him and please don't send him back down. So <laughs> my my bird splat or watch. I, I'm already starting to kind of turn the page a little bit and look at some other things that are going on. It seems like the Cardinals, if you kind of read between the lines, are even looking ahead to next season in a lot of ways. I'm looking at Mason Wynn. I want to see him soon. Did you guys see what he did last night? I just put it on Twitter for those who missed it. I mean, top-ranked prospect, and he's looking like it. It was like a 96-mile-per-hour dart across the infield to get like a must-see out for the Memphis Redbirds, and he just looks fantastic. He has that energy. We're talking about manufacturing that energy. Some guys who are going to quite literally lay themselves out for the moment, for having the feel for the game, because how much does that momentum help the rest of the team Brooke, when somebody last, does like what's that? What's his last name again? Win. There we go. That's just all Just win, baby. And so how soon do you think you guys he will be here? I could see in the next coming weeks. I could do after the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, after they make a trade. They're going to make some trades. I... That's another that's another segment I think. We 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 got to figure out what this team is going to do. At this point, just seeing his arm and just the way that he's able to, I mean, he's like a flamethrower, just having that here, why not? Why not? 
And remember, this this will make life easier when you're Googling Mason Wynn. Uh, his name is spelled M-A-S-Y-N. But he's hitting 262 with an OPS of 721, and he's been much better as the season has gone along. So I'm completely on board with that idea of getting him up here. Get him around the All-Star break or for the last couple of months of the season. I think that would be fantastic. I, I would love to see him here. And to give you an idea, in April, a 608 OPS, 799 OPS in May. This month, 774. He's hit 289 this month with... Uh, let's see, a couple of homers, 12 RBIs, you steal them, bases. So, yeah, that's that's the kind of guy you want, you want to have on your team. Just just some energy. Somebody texted in from the 636. Bader used to provide that energy. Mm-hmm. He did. He did. And he was he was a very gritty player. He wasn't an Eagle Scout, and that's not a slide against him. No. He was very, how would you describe he him? He played with joy. Yes. And energy. Yeah, joy and energy. And, you know, he would slide into third and smile. Yeah. And maybe that's just for fans. I don't know. But it seems like if you have that sort of energy in your locker room, that somehow it's going to translate to other players. It does. And especially at this moment when you're looking around and, as Greg mentioned, you're looking for a pulse. Where is the pulse of this group right now? Do you guys see that? I don't know where it's it's a life, life alert. What do we need? <laughs> a CDR? Uh, what the, what the, the, That's the, what, yeah, that'd the, be good. Yeah. What's the, um, what's the, what's the. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Defibrillator. Is that what it is? Defibrillator, yeah. We we, hit that now. Boom. Boom. Whole body jolt. I like that idea. It'll fire him up. It's kind of like when you are driving down the highway, and you're kind of like most of our listeners, kind of like half paying attention, and... And we love y'all, but you, you, they're we're driving. Glad, we're glad they can't, they can't glad lock you're, in. Glad completely. that you're paying attention to the road. But here's Randy, okay, driving down the highway, 75 miles an hour, uh, trying to find the right station on Sirius XM. Okay, sometimes we've got a commercial, so I go to Sirius XM, and somebody in the in front of me slams their brakes on, and I slam my brakes on. Whenever that happens, don't you guys just wake up? Isn't that like a jolt of energy? Yeah, yeah. that's what it the Cardinals is. need. They need somebody in front of them to slam the brakes on. Yes, 100% agree. They, they spent enough time slamming on the brakes this year, the Cardinals have. Yeah, you need somebody, just something with some life. And somebody tweet, or texted in, swagger is the best way to describe swagger. Bader. That's yep. what he had. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Hey, they've got lace. Come on in. Uh, our friend uh, Ollie Trittler from the sales ah. staff. So I'm, I'm trying to win this thing. I'm trying to win this uh, Hawaiian shirt contest today. There's only two people down our hallway of all the stations that have Hawaiian oh shirts on. Now, Ollie looks spectacular with his. Wonderful. Uh, and he's Are got lace for us? everybody. So uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully this will put me over the top. And I will win because of my fabulous Hawaiian shirt. You just got laid, CD. No. Andy! <laughs> At 9 o'clock in the morning. You've been sort of for the bad back joke. Uh, thanks, here. Ollie. All right. <laughs> that is your bird watch or bird droppings here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, our rush hour reset. So, yeah, let's make some trades. Let's find out what, what approach we should take next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. That ball hit high. That ball hit deep. Alex Bregman hits his third Grand Slam of the year. Match 
is the Astros' career record with seven grand slams, joining his teammate Jose Altuve and Carlos Lee. 902 in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Carey Randy. Does it really count, though, if you hit it off of a position player like Bregman did off of Alex Burleson, Alec Burleson last night? He's a former pitcher. Sure it counts. Okay. And when you look at the stats, it says home run, doesn't it? Yep, it does. Doesn't say who, doesn't matter who it was off of. A clean sheet for J.P. France and Montero last night as the Astros whitewashed your St. Louis Cardinals (laughs) by a score of 14 to nil. Uh, they only allowed four hits on the night. The Cardinals pitching staff allowed 18 hits. And they also walked eight. So, not great. And the Cardinals are, uh, if you haven't heard, they're in last place. They're 33 and 47. But the Yankees are in town tonight, so maybe a chance for the Cardinals to beef up on their record a little bit. You feel bit. better about that going in? But the Yankees? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, not really. Okay. You'll be at the game tonight. You get a, I'll be there. Uh, uh, get some nachos. Get some, t- some tachos. Go get some the tachos. Uh, the Shaq's chicken sandwich. Ooh, yeah, did you try yes. those, are, those are really oh good. You tried it, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, my God. That also, thing is, I dream about it. Yeah. And an update <laughs> on uh, the Cardinal third baseman who had DH last night, Nolan Arnato. That hip first slide is the reason why I kind of hyperextended my back when I dove. So now it's just a little irritated, but uh, it seems like we're getting it under control right now. He hurt his back. How, how, how long do you think he'd be there a little no. bit? About a week back. No. <laughs> no. No. I need these back injuries to stop. Please. Please. Uh, did you guys see yesterday when Tommy Edmond kind of like hit his back against the wall when he was trying to go after the ball? Yeah. Um, my first thought, sadly, was, oh, my God, please don't have another back issue. So I, I have to hear that joke. Please, no. <laughs> no more back injuries, please. So what do you want to do here in terms of a trade? If you're the Cardinals, and uh, I, I kind of like the idea of the Cardinals taking the Blues approach, like when they picked up Kappen and, and they, they got Verona, people that they could use for next season. I would not be at all averse to the Cardinals making a move this year with the full knowledge that it's not for this year, but it's for next year. And you maybe get a guy, get him into St. Louis, like players have in the past and get him to to sign here to be around next year when you're trying to win. What do you guys think of that? Would you want to get a player when you know you aren't going to win this year, but uh, get him for the rest of this year and next year? If it makes sense, in my opinion, because starting pitching is an issue now Mm -hmm. and will still be an issue next season if you don't address it here soon. But I agree with Greg where free agency seems like there's going to be a plethora of options that would be more beneficial to them next season. Now, there is a player that apparently is available. Uh, Last year, this player was second in the American League Cy Young Award voting. He went 14-8 and with a 2.20 ERA. This year, Dylan Cease of the White Sox Leads the American League with 17 starts. He's only 3-3 three and three with a 4.04. Here's Mark DeRosa of MLB Network on connecting the Cardinals to Dylan Cease. All right, St. Louis, you don't want to sell? Then you add. Rick Hahn, you know that I know that you know that I know that you need to rip it apart. Okay? And you can rip it apart and get back major league, pretty much major league ready prospects right now. If St. Louis is looking for that number one starter to get him back in the NL Central race, Dylan Cease is staring you in the face. When you stare around the minor leagues and other organizations, there's very few teams that could put a package together to acquire a starter controllable of that ilk. It's the St. Louis Cardinals. So if they wanted to get cute... 
uh, it would cost you big, like yeah. I'd the Mason Wynn kid. I'd, I'd ask you for Nuke Bar. Mm -hmm. But I can put a team out there where if I start tearing the White Sox down to Tim Anderson's leave, the Giolitos leave, I'd like to keep Lance Lynn just for the moxie of guys walking in the clubhouse. But let's see what William he brings. Hendricks? Any, it's Alex. all for sale except Luis Robert. <laughs> Brooke was dancing yeah. the entire time. She was dancing to the, the, the possibility of the addition. And then when he said Newt Bar, her heart just sunk. She she fell oh, down in her seat. <laughs> I did. I, I had a visceral a visceral reaction to that because that is painful to hear. Look, I'm all about it. One, I was dancing because I don't know what music is going on in the background where mm -hmm. it sounded like a laser EDM show yeah. that was going on in the background with a with a serious conversation. I do agree. Let's get cute. Let's put some names in there. It would be painful to part with Lars Newbar, but there's other options like Tommy Edmond, Brennan Donovan, whatever they may want. But I said this last week, Dylan Cease, I think, would be a great option for the Cardinals. You guys weren't on board with it, but how are we feeling about it now? Well, he's got two years of control left after this season, so that's a positive. You know you have to pay big for a pitcher of this ilk, as Mark DeRosa said. But during his career, the guy has a 3.63 ERA. He has consistently delivered starts, 32 starts in 21, 32 starts in 22, 17 starts to lead the league this year. He gives innings. He has historically. I think that would be a great ad for the Cardinals. Now, do I go Mason Wynn? Eh, probably not. Mm -hmm. Would I go Newt Bar and maybe a Graceffo or something like that? Yes. I agree. I, I agree. As much as I, it pains me as the president and CEO of the Lars Newbar fan club, we're, we're a traveling fan club, so we will mm, always okay. cheer him on. I always wish success for former mm. Cardinals players. But at this point, you need something. And I think Dylan Cease makes a lot of sense. It would help at least a little bit for now, but also for next season is the biggest thing. Next season to me is what you should be looking ahead to. Well, yeah, you're going to have to, like I said, you're going to have to move some people, move some things mm -hmm. around, because this roster, as it is constructed, as you talked about earlier, Brooke, yes. is not a roster that's going to win you games or win you championships. It has, it, 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 they have shown it so far this season. It's not consistent enough. It's not consistent enough on the pitching, uh, the fielding, the hitting. They all take turns, not performing, you know, day in and day out. So they have to find some consistency. And the starting pitching would be a great way to uh, to find that consistency. Now, here's another thing, and I know this would really be radical, okay? You hope that in the last half of the season that Jordan Walker turns into an average or above-average outfielder. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have Dylan Carlson out there or Tommy Edmond and Dylan Carlson. Okay, so maybe your outfield, if you have win, uh, no, because DeYoung's going to be gone. So Tommy Edmond's going to be se play second, right? You aren't. There's no... Unless you play Donovan at second. I suppose you could do that. But here's my radical idea. One of two things. Jordan Walker in right. Dylan Carlson in center. Mm. Yvonne Herrera behind the plate. Either Wilson Contreras in left and Gorman DHing, Or teach Gorman how to play left and have Contreras DH. Do you think that that's what they're building up to with Wilson Contreras? Maybe. And by the way, you might have to give up Gorman in a trade for Cease. 
you're gonna you're going to lose something. I it's mean, gonna hurt. Yeah, is it is that that is exactly it's what really I. It's going hurt. to hurt. It's going to feel uncomfortable because that's generally what good trades are. Both parties have to give something in order for it to be successful. And the Cardinals are going to lose a piece that you are accustomed to watching. That you have faith is going to be, you know, something really good down the line and and maybe really good right now. It's going to be a part of that trade. If I have to have Wilson Contreras at another position, though, and I have Herrera behind the plate and Kisner, my preference would be, if if I have to do it, and I know this isn't really palatable, this isn't something that Cardinal fans love the idea of because he struggled so much offensively, it's Contreras as the DH. I mean, what else do you do? What else? <sighs> Unless you bench him. You can't you know, bench him. There's no way that that would go well. No. They tried that, remember? Yeah, they did. It didn't <laughs> yeah. go very well. And then even possibility <laughs> of putting him in the outfield. You know, we could try all, We could try it all out uh, during his five-year career here. <laughs> Just <laughs> every position. We could. We could. We'll find a spot for you. <laughs> How much are you trying to DH him? Like 100% of the time. What about, oh, hear me out. Hmm? Hear me that. out. What about first base? You could do that three years down the road in the fourth year of the contract, maybe. Well, you, here, Carrie, but tell me this. 2000, it's 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026. Who would you rather have as a hitter in first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt or Wilson Contreras? You, you would rather have Paul Goldschmidt. But, as I have said time and time again, good teams trade players a year before they are supposed to be traded. A year, if you trade them a year before as opposed to a year after, the value that you get in return is... Is going to be remarkable. And again, I do not want Paul Goldschmidt to be traded. But I would say this. If they decided to go that route, Cardinal fans should not do what uh, Brooke just did, which is is, is the the pain. The pain of Here's my concern, though. And, And I think if I look at this rationally, what makes you think the Cardinals are going to be able to evaluate anybody's minor leaguers? Oh, um. Or you're they not getting, can't evaluate their own. You're not getting minor leaguers for for Pauly, Pauly G. That's that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a few, but you're going to get some guys that can help mm-hmm. this roster right now. You can't go all prospects if you're trading a former MVP away. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. But that's the history. To. When when you look at Stanton, when you look at Betts, when you look at uh, uh, who is the other one that we talked about the other day. Andrew McCutcheon, yeah. all of the former MVPs, that's what they've drawn. They haven't drawn major league-ready talent. They've drawn prospects. So I'm guessing that that's – if you're trying to win, if you're in a position to win and you're adding Paul Goldschmidt, you don't want to take people off of your major league roster. Yeah. yeah. What do you think that they're better at, developing or evaluating talent? It's totally developing or, or evaluating because they evaluated Rosarena. They evaluated Garcia. They evaluated Alcantara and Gallon. They had them in their organization, Right but they weren't able to develop them into major leaguers. Where does that lack of development, where's the... the, Drop-off? Yeah, Yeah. the the, the miscues. What's taking place with the lack of ability to develop a player? We could do a whole segment on this. But but let me give you my 30-second version. You lost Mike Schultz out of your minor league system. 18 years. You lost Mark DeJohn out of your minor league system. Uh, you have lost uh, Pop Warner out of your minor league system. You have lost Dubby Clapp out of your minor league system. A lot of good veteran talent developers are either out of your organization because you fired them or they were promoted and fired or they retired. There's a half dozen guys or more uh, that have left the Cardinal organization and are not around to help develop young players anymore. And 
clearly, because they aren't getting here and succeeding, they're going elsewhere and succeeding, other people are developing them better than the Cardinals are. But every organization goes through that. When you perform well, you get hired to a better spot. And if you don't perform well, you get fired. So every organization goes through that. Why do you – the, the Cardinals either need to find some replacements for yes. those people that are no longer in those positions. And again, I've, I've preached this for – several months now. I think the Cardinals need to bring in somebody with a voice from outside the organization because they have been passed up. It was one thing when you were cutting edge, but they have been passed up by other organizations in terms of doing what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Atlanta, the primary example right here. And they brought in an outside voice. The last time, and, and again, somebody suggested Jim Leland, who was not a decision maker. If I'm not mistaken, the last time the Cardinals brought a decision maker into this organization with an outside point of view that came from another major league organization was Tony La Russa in 1996. I believe that's the case. And that is not the way to help grow and build creativity, I don't think. Yeah, this season has really exposed a lot of leaks, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. within the organization, especially when you look at, as we're talking about, developing talent. Developing talent, but you can also argue evaluating talent because of the roster construction that yeah. we're currently dealing with right. right now. And one other quick thing here. Yeah, and CD, you, you can talk. We're going to get to Chip Carey in a moment. But the Cardinals have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on international free agents, specifically Latin American free agents. And none of them, except for Carlos Martinez, and this is like upwards of $75 million over the years. The only one that's ever spent a full season with the Cardinals is Carlos Martinez. Mm-hmm. And we saw how that panned out. In the yeah. End. yeah, at the end. Not great. Coming up, Chip Carey on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the celebrity line. And the voice of the Cardinals on Bally Sports is Chip Carey. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Good morning. Hey, it's, it's great to have you with us. And uh, it's you. Uh, you're the first time we talked after you got this job, you said, hey, I try to make it fun. Man, it's hard to make it fun right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, last night was a little tough. I guess the the good news is, and Kerry can uh, understand that better, is the the uh, uh, the Astros missed two two point conversions. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, time it, it, it's turned on a dime, right? I think that the second game of the series against the Astros just turned everybody's mindset away from, hey, maybe the Cardinals are ready to make a run. To well, sort of, here we go again, and that's that's the frustrating part of it is just when uh, you feel like the club's beginning to get a little traction beginning to, to make some uh, positive inroads in areas where they need to. Something happens, and it just uh, pops the, the, the party balloon, and that's sort of what happened in Game 2. And obviously with Wayno yesterday, that was incredibly disappointing for him and for all of us. And now we've got to turn our attention to the Yankees, who come in a little motivated after winning a series in Oakland and got to right the ship before we hit the road before the All-Star break. Chip, I don't, I don't think any of us expected this for this Cardinals team. And I asked Greg Amziger this earlier. What has surprised you the most about this Cardinals team this season? The wild inconsistencies, uh, especially with the pitching staff. Uh, you know, fans want to get on managers and pitching coaches when a pitching move doesn't work out. And I think it's safe to say that when we look at 
how the Cardinals starters as a general whole have pitched. You don't really know what you're going to get from start to start. Uh, when you look at the Cardinals relief core, you don't know what you're going to get from uh, appearance to appearance. And that makes it incredibly difficult to try to manage the game, uh, especially in, in the case of the bullpen. Until recently, you've had three different guys close games. All three of them have four or more blown saves this year. You have middle relief guys that look like world beaters for two appearances and then come in in a big spot with our leverage and uh, the game implodes. And it's not just one guy. It's been virtually all of them this year uh, in the starting rotation. Uh, Adam Wainwright's had a couple of good starts, some not so good starts. Um, Miles Michael has started the season very slowly, got hot in May. He's uh, not got a lot of run support of late, but hasn't had the kind of success that Cardinals fans are accustomed to. And he wants Steven Matz, 10 starts, He's in the bullpen now. I mean, so uh, it's hard to it's hard to get a feel for what your team can be when you don't know what you're going to get from day to day. And you just imagine the situation manager, pitching coach, and management has when they put the club together. This is not what they envisioned either, but this is what the Cardinals are right now as we play uh, the 81st game of the season. Uh, halfway point is tonight against the Yankees. Chip, what's causing the inconsistencies, though? You you talked about, you know, the managers and, and front office didn't expect this. Normally, it may be one or two players, but now it feels like, as you said, you don't know what you're going to get from the starter from start to start. It's just baseball. I mean, that's really what happens. Teams have bad years. It just Jim Evans has talked about one of the Cardinals teams he played on was built very similarly, and he thought they were going to be world beaters, and they weren't. It just happens. That's not to say it can't with our division. Thankfully, that's still a, a glimmer of hope that we all have. And I know we're all tired of saying that, but that's the reality. Uh, the Cardinals are one big hot streak away from getting to that point. But uh, I think we tend to overcomplicate things. If you don't pitch, if you don't pitch in high leverage, you're going to really have trouble putting together winning streaks. And that's where the Cardinals find themselves. And it's got to start. We keep saying it, it's the time for talk is over. It's got to happen. Uh, but unless collectively this group starts to put together much more consistent performances, I think we're going to see kind of the same uneven results with regards to the schedule and how the Cardinals approach the trade deadline. Uh, we talked about Adam Wainwright and his performance last night. Of course, social media is a terrible place. There's a lot of people who are saying, all right, it's time to move on, time for him to retire. It seems like Ollie and Wayno both saying that he will make his next start. Do you see the Cardinals making sure that he gets to 200 wins? Well, that's up to, to Adam and, and, this, and, and the team. They've got to put him in a position to be there, and he's got to pitch better. I mean, I think that's the first thing that Adam has said. Look, we all want to see Adam Wainwright do his thing and get to 200 wins. It would be a remarkable cap to a fantastic career with the Cardinals. And more than anything else, he doesn't want to embarrass himself or the team. He wants to win. He's a competitor, and I think all of us respect that. I thought that one of the great things that we saw in the game last night happened after he came out of the game. Um, you know, part of the job of managing and managing people is mentoring them. And the sight of Oliver Marmel talking with Adam Wainwright on that dugout bench after a back-to-back, you know, awful outing for uh, the Cardinals legend, Ali Marmel saying he's got Adam Wainwright's back and that he's going to help him see this through, I thought was incredible. That's the stuff that really matters. That's what leadership is all about. That's what managing people is all about. And I thought that was just a remarkable moment, almost fatherly, if you will, with the 37-year-old Cardinals manager mentoring a 41, 42-year-old man who's on his way to the Cardinals Hall of Fame at the lowest point, perhaps, of his Cardinals career. I just thought that was a great, great video clip, and I thought it was incredibly supportive and wonderful that you don't jettison people who mean so much to your organization when things are going bad. You try to lift them up and try to prop them up and help them find a way through this. And I think that Ali Marmel, who's taken a lot of heat, as we all know, 
deserves a ton of credit for that moment. I'm glad we were able to capture it on TV last night. And as a whole, the starting pitching staff has not... Don't call them names. Oh, okay. As a... No! Has not... Li- <laughs> Randy's feeling spicy because he has a Hawaiian shirt on. As a whole, the starting pitching staff just has not lived up to at least what we think, and I know that you guys were talking about it last night, the pitching staff in general. It, it seems that it's clear now, wouldn't you say, that the answer to the starting rotation is going to have to come from outside of the organization when it comes to some sort of surge or even some life next season? It's, that's possible. I think when you look at the numbers, and the numbers don't lie at this point in the season, I looked at it last night. The Cardinals have one active pitcher with an ERA below four. One. That's, that's, that's not good enough, and they haven't performed well enough to, to uh, uh, justify, I guess, uh, that, hey, they're, they're big-time solutions collectively in this group. They're capable of doing it. We've seen glimmers of it. We've seen glimpses of it. And as I said before, not to point fingers at one particular area of the team, because when the Cardinals have pitched, they haven't hit. When they've hit and pitched, they haven't feel it. It's just been uh, you know, a, a, a vicious cycle, if you will, in my opinion. Um, but this group has to pitch better. They just have to. Jordan Montgomery's been their best guy since June 1. Uh, Michaelis hasn't got a lot of run support. He's been up in the zone. His season was derailed by the WBC, but we're past that. Wainwright's going through what he's going through. Steven Matz, as I said, has gone to the bullpen. Libertor is learning at this level, which is very, very difficult to do. So whether it's inside or out, the, the Cardinals have to find answers. And whether that's uh, a trade or free agency or what have you, that's way above my pay grade. But I think we'd all agree this isn't what anybody expected to have happen. But here we are at the midway point with uh, with this crew. Chip, you've been around professional sports for a long time, and you understand just like I do, when people aren't performing well, they end up losing their jobs, either via trade, uh, being released, waived, DFA'd, whatever the case may be, whatever the sport is. Do you feel like guys are starting to press knowing that they have not been playing well? No, I don't think I don't think press. I think the word's frustrated uh, because I think collectively they feel like they've let everybody else down. They feel like they've let the Cardinals down, their fans down, uh, each other down. This is not what anybody expected. As I said, when I, when I came over from the Braves and I came to this team, I thought, okay, this team won 90 games last year. And yes, there was a big void with Yachty and Albert uh, leaving. I thought this is a team that's very, very capable, at least on paper, of doing that. It just hasn't happened, and that is what's inexplicable in our game. Sometimes those things just happen, just like players have off years. Um, collectively, it's just been that way for whatever reason. And um, I don't sense pressing. I don't sense any quit. I don't sense any, uh, uh, oh, this is our fate. But uh, this is a group that I think is still very, very driven to come to work and put in their work and try to find their way out of it. These guys are are driven pros. You know, Kerry, you know that. Uh, when things are tough, you, you want to work your way through it. You want to get through it to make things better. There's not a single guy in that locker room, that clubhouse, that coaching staff, that organization that isn't striving every day to make it better. And hopefully, again, tonight it will. They had that stretch coming into the series with Houston. They had that series won, let game two slip away. The hardest thing about baseball is you play another day. The best thing about baseball is you play another day. And even though you lose 14 nothing last night, it only counts for one loss. So let's turn it around against the Yankees tonight and get this ship pointed in the right direction again. Hey, uh, Chip, before we speak on the air the next time, the 4th of July will have passed. Later in the show, we're going to have our 4th of July barbecue food draft. So, Chip Carey, I, I assume you have a day game on the 4th. but you're going yeah, we're to- in Miami. Oh, okay. So you're probably not a barbecue. But if you are at a barbecue, what is your number one draft choice for a 4th of July food? Yes. 
<laughs> good, good. I like it. I'm in agreement. Yeah, I'm an as you, as you see me. I'm an equal opportunity ingester of, uh, of uh, barbecue food. I'm a big. I, I love. Uh, I love smoking briskets and, and ribs and stuff like that. Pulled pork is great. Do really mean one of those on a green egg. That's that's kind of my thing. So any any kind of of smoked uh, animal flesh uh, on a bar grill <laughs> or a smoker is perfect on Fourth of July. Well done. You're the best. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Have a, okay, a great guys, weekend against the Yankees. We'll see you. All right. Bye, thanks. See you later. That is Chip Carey, the TV voice of the Cardinals on Valley Sports. He's terrific. And coming up next year on 101 ESPN, we'll react to uh, some of the things that he had to say because I, I kind of tend to fall in line with you, Carey. I think there is some pressing going mm-hmm. on here. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I don't think press, I think the word's frustrated uh, because I think collectively they feel like they've let everybody else down. They feel like they've let the Cardinals down, their fans down, uh, each other down. This is not what anybody expected. There's not a single guy in that locker room, that clubhouse, that coaching staff, that organization that isn't striving every day to make it better. And hopefully again tonight it will. They had that stretch coming into the series with Houston. They had that series one, let game two slip away. The hardest thing about baseball is you play another day. The best thing about baseball is you play another day. And even though you lose 14 nothing last night, it only counts for one loss. So let's turn it around against the Yankees tonight and get this ship pointed in the right direction again. That's our buddy Chip Carey. Last segment here on 101 ESPN, answering the question that Carey had about whether or not the, the group of players on this team is pressing. And granted, you can't have 26 players all pressing. Some have different approaches and different reactions to the way the Cardinals are going. But that being said, a guy like Nolan Arenado, you you can almost see in his face that he he's pressing. And there, I think there are other players, especially some of the young players who are trying to make a mark, Nolan Gorman, another example, mm-hmm. that are probably trying to do a little bit more than they're capable of doing. All you can do is play within your capabilities. And it seems like there are some guys that are trying to do, just a, Wilson Contreras, another one, just a little too much. I I agree. I I think that there are. And here's the thing. I I do agree that guys are pressing, but also I do believe in you are what your record is. And maybe this group, for whatever reason, we know that we've seen that they can be a very talented group this season. It's not translating. It's not working out well. So you can say it's not a good team. It it, is right now. It's not. And despite the amount of talent that they have, despite the the amount of I guess, ability that, that we expected to see and, and great play we expect to see. It hasn't been great. And it's not – it's just the players not performing to the the ability that they have shown us in the past. It's just they're not hitting the level or the mark that they that we are accustomed accustomed to, the, to seeing them play at. And I think that's the most frustrating part of it because we know you have two stellar players at first and third base. You have an up-and-coming star in left field. You have a catcher who, you know, is supposed to be – not the next Yachty, but a better hitter than what Yachty was throughout his entire career and add that that offensive input that you, you hadn't had from that position for a number of years. It's just not all coming together. And, and I think the one thing that everyone was concerned about in the offseason has come back to bite the Cardinals in the butt, and that is the starting pitching. Yep. It has not been consistent enough. It's too many too many times where you trot out there, you don't know what you're going to get from the starting pitching. They've shown the ability at times, and then... Some days they don't, and that's the frustrating part for this team. Pitching, pitching, pitching 
it has to be better. And when you do that, you have a better opportunity to to win games. And that's why Chip pointed out even the numbers with it. I It's so bad and it's so glaringly obvious that we should have probably seen this coming. And, I've, you know, you felt like that, right? You felt like that was a big question mark going into the season is starting pitching. I just said at this point, you need to do whatever you need to do to get some guys who can help the starting rotation, especially moving forward when you're looking into next season. And also just some guys with some more, I'm going to go back to that, the grit and the swagger. I want some like rock star energy out of these guys where they're showing some life. And I believe me, I've seen the post game. I've seen around. It's not like these guys are happy and they're not feeling mm-hmm. anything. They're obviously very bothered by this. Sometimes you need somebody who can kind of manufacture that energy because when the energy in the room is bad and off, everybody's going to continue to feed off of that. A hundred percent. And so hopefully the Cardinals can find that within them if they don't have it within the clubhouse, that personality emerging that they need to succeed. Hopefully they can find that from elsewhere. Hey, did you guys know that we're giving away El Monstero tickets? Mm. We, we are today oh. on the last day, of, last day of June. June kind of flew by, didn't it? What oh, kind of band is by. that? They are a... Uh, Pink, Pink Floyd cover band. They're, okay. they're fantastic. And 101 ESPN is your chance to score a pair of tickets to see El Monstero next Saturday night, July 8th at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now, celebrating the 50th anniversary of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon album. You can text in to 314-399-9646 to win tickets now, or you can get all the ticket details and find a bonus chance to register to win free tickets at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 app. You have a trivia question? I can come up with one if Matthew oh. Rocchio doesn't have one. He is typing away he is over there. Grinding. He is he is typing away. He's a grinder. He's, he was grinding. Sorry, I'm trying to get clips out from some of the interviews. My bad. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's Just the a little inside question? baseball there. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll have a trivia question on the other side of the break. I, okay. I, I, I've got a qu- trivia question for you. All right. right now, Let's go. You want it? Yeah. Hold on here one second. Let me just double check and make sure I'm right. Okay. Do, 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 do. You are. I'm you pretty sure I am. Well, to Randy, make sure which you modern right. era what first baseman Lace, owns oh. the record oh, for them? scratching my neck. The Cardinals play the Yankees <laughs> tonight. Anymore. The Cardinals beat the Yankees in the 1964 World Series. Who is the most valuable player of the 1964 World Series? Mm. We will take texture Ooh, number. A- let's take texture number 14. Mm. Texture number 14 for the MVP of the 1964 World Series. If you get it right and you're texture number 14, then you will win the tickets to El Monstero. And next up here on 101 ESPN, 4th of July coming up, our last show before the 4th of July. That means we've got a food draft for you. And we're going to have do, 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 and we're all going to pick foods. <laughs> and it's going to be fun. It's going to be glorious next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Fourth of July is coming up, and that means a Fourth of July barbecue, and we're going to have a Fourth of July food draft. We did rock, paper, scissors during the break and determined that Matthew Rocchio has the first pick in this draft. Kerry Davis will choose second. Brooke Grimsley will choose third. And then in the snake draft, I'll choose fourth and fifth. So I, I kind of like where I'm sitting here. I, I would prefer to have the third, but I'm, I'm okay where I am with fourth and fifth. All right, so uh, Matthew Rocchio, you have selection number one, and uh, you can go up to the podium, and ESPN will tell us that you have your choice going. This is a really tough one for me, but nonetheless, <laughs> I mean, 
need or, or best player available, Randy? The, the pick's in. The pick is in. The first overall pick, I'm going to have to follow one of our one of our favorite broadcasters here. Yes. So <laughs> any any kind of, of smoked uh, animal flesh uh, on, a, on a grill or a smoker is perfect for the 4th of July. Absolutely. I'm with yes on that one, but I'm going to go with the specific one he mentioned. i got to go with the brisket. If it's done right, mm-hmm. if you take off, if you take the entire like second and third to make a brisket for the fourth, it's always going to be the MVP of that barbecue. I'm taking. I'm going to go with the smoked brisket. Good, good call. I'm going to go fancy, huh? I'm going to go fancy. I'm, go fancy, fancy I'm sorry, I'm going fancy. I'm going fancy. Brisket's not cheap. Yep. CD. I'm going to go. I mean, this is a staple at every 4th of July, any picnic, any barbecue, cheeseburger. Yeah, that's good. Mm. It's a good pick. Mm. It's a good pick. Very good pick. I like that pick a lot. Okay. So I'm going to write burger in for CD and Brooke. My pick. Is in? Is in. No congratulating David Boyle no, here. No, we are going straight to it, just like the blues. My pick is going to be barbecue sandwiches, spe- specifically Ooh. pork barbecue. Pulled pork sandwiches? Oh, yeah. Pork yeah. Pork sandwich. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, oh, I know. I, there was a lot of things I took into consideration, and I feel like this is a winner. Oh, my God. I had that OMG. Randy's on the hot corner. How did this happen? List. So I'm going to eat my uh, my 4th of July barbecue at yeah, 3 because at about 7 a.m. <laughs> I put my low and slow ribs on the Traeger. Oh. Dang it. Well, we, we couldn't believe they were there. Uh, uh, ribs. Uh. Kind of like Dalibor Dvorsky, huh? That was it's- need versus best player available for me. I needed ribs. I needed ribs, Randy. I, but brisket was right there. I cannot the believe that ribs were there. Mm. Mm. Okay. Unfortunately. And here's the other thing. Take your flashy off-ball linebacker. <laughs> I got an offensive tackle. There, there is so much there. And this is a really tough choice. I'm going with another protein here. This is a very bit difficult choice, but I'm going with the traditional 4th of July brat. Oh, Brawlers, nicely done, sir. Nicely done. So I've got ribs and brats with That's the 4th and 5th I, I was good one. upset about that one, Randy. Both of those. Take one? Both. <laughs> I was hoping it right. made, one of them made, them back, made it back yeah. around. Okay, back around. I have a question real quick. Oh. Yes. Can, so if you're taking specifically brats, can I say specifically hot dogs? You can. Yes, those are two All totally right. different items. Brooke Grimsley's team, the Grim Reapers, we would like to select hot dogs. Welcome. Good choice. (laughs) Finally seeing some shockers on this one. You get a hot dog. You get a hot dog. (laughs) Well, that kind of. Ruined my draft a little bit. I gotta, Karen, gotta regroup. Terry's table is in shambles. We're still sitting down. We have the L to mark his two fonts ahead of the Rams. We do now. Well, you remember when the, that uh, running back from Iowa went, and uh, evidently the Rams just had their book open to Iowa because uh, Sean Green, Sean Green, yes. they wanted to take. Yeah. And uh, the, the, it so was they take like, Bradley Fletcher. Yeah, it's humming, humming, humming. So the, and they wind up with another player from Iowa, Bradley Fletcher. But they, they had no idea. That, that was uh, just so weird. I'm so angry right now. All right. I'm gonna have to go with chicken wings. Ah, dang it. 
you know, I was I have I have chick- smoked specifically smoked wings. Mm. I was gonna. I think that's a fantastic. Yeah, call. That, that's oh, where I'm man. gonna go. I'd have gladly trade you though. Ribs for wings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. so now Matthew's got back-to-back picks here, and I'm starting to feel it a little bit. I'm I'm struggling a little bit on on my draft board. It's 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 not looking good right now with what's left. But I'm gonna go ahead, and I'm gonna make my pick. And much like the NFL, when they have second-round picks, they have guest pickers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in my guest picker for my second-round yeah. pick. I'm doing a spicy Italian sausage. Mm, Thank you very much, Greg Amzinger. Spicy Italian sausage. I'm going to go with that one. You, you, you know what? If you <laughs> what's the last letter of your last name? Uh, o. There you go. <laughs> and actually, one of the last two letters of my last name. I-O, I-O baby. I-O. <laughs> Sorry, spicy. Sorry, I mean, I mean, Greg said it, and I was like, you know what? The man is absolutely 100% right. Here's my other thing. It's July 4th. It's a barbecue. I'm going to go off the reservation. I'm going to make a reach here in my third round, but I don't really care. Don't you you guys it. can't have it. I'm going to do it, Carrie. You're not making this pick, Carrie. You're not making okay. this pick. Well, it's, remember, good. I don't like hot fruits, so don't, right. don't don't worry. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not taking any of that Good. one there. My pick is in. You guys' barbecues are going to really be really sucky because none of you guys can have lemonade. Oh, huh. mm. that's fine. Oh, okay. I'll take that. I don't drink lemonade a lot. But I mean, if it's if it's Fourth of July, if it's Memorial Day, it's Labor Day. I want I want I want a pink or a yellow We're lemonade of some variety. Yeah, with, with what you're leaving, you you don't have to. You don't have to. Water is available. Yeah. You don't have to waste a pick on. Yeah, there's there's cans of soda in the cooler over there. You don't have to pick anything. Soda, Carrie, you got to change it up. I am thankful that you did not choose this because I'm going to go with the first side, the first non uh, uh, main. Meal, my pick is. I did that already. You two are gonna be a little disappointed because I'm going with baked beans. Baked beans. Oh, nice oh. Not a big beans guy. You have them. Beans. Um, I, I like baked beans. I think that's a really nice call. <laughs> I like it. What? I, I, run, I run a zone scheme. You can keep your man are quarterback. You, are you laughing at the text? Because I just died. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody from the three hundred four said serial killer vibes. Hey, look, no, okay. guys, keep encouraging him because we like we oh, like some of the. I'm sorry, you guys hate lemonade stands. The pick is in for Team Grim, Grim Reaper. And we're going to go with, you guys ready for this? Ready. Potato salad. Oh, oh. Another great pick. Yes, this, is a, it. this is just such a natural uh, for a 4th of July uh, barbecue. You need it. Yeah. Potato salad. All right, Randy. Ooh, hot corn. You're like sweating over there, Carrie. No, Did I take one of yours? No, <laughs> no that's serious. Okay. This is, uh, so, and we get a, a dessert later. So. Yes, you get dessert later. Okay. So, uh, first of all, I will make uh, my selection, my, my third round selection. I've already got ribs uh, and brats, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, my third round selection. I'm going side here as well, and I'm going with pasta salad. Mm, I love pasta salad. Take it. Uh, and then. <laughs> A lot of salad on, on your guys' list. Salad. Okay. Well, okay. Fine. You can. Potato the, salad is not then, exactly a healthy yeah. salad. Yeah. <laughs> it. Okay. So, it's like sweet all over again. I've got my fourth rounder. <laughs> Multiple choices here. Multiple choices. Ribs, brats, pasta salad. And I have to do this because I have to take the best player available. EPA. Fried chicken. 
Oh, okay. nicely done. Okay. That's it. I didn't see that one coming. Wasn't on the big board for me. That was a good one. I, I completely overlooked the the KFC bucket at the barbecue. Mm, I tremendous. completely overlooked it. Yep. God, that's, gotta, that's a good call. Gotta go with it. That's a good deep cut, Randy. That's a good late, late rounder. Thank you. That is a great. You rounder. got a slipper. That, that might be that's the a good sleeper one. of this draft. No, uh, yeah. no one takes fullbacks in the fourth round. Yeah, it's because they don't know how to build a team. But it's a solid <laughs> pick. Is what I'm saying, Gary. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, back to uh, Brooke. Brooke. All right. This the the pick is in. I I prefer well-rounded meals. Okay. So, I want to add something that I also think is a 4th of July staple. The pick is in. Tim Greeper or T- Team Grim Reaper would like to bring a Tim Greeper. Oh my god, Grouper sandwiches. Team Grim Reaper would like to welcome in watermelon. Nice. Oh. Well done. <laughs> oh man, I'm dying. I'm still, I still can't get over that text. I'm just like losing my mind right now. Hilarious. All right, I'm 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 ready. I, I got a couple options here, but I I, I think I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, okay. I already wrote it down on my board because I knew it was coming. Mac and cheese. That's where That's I'm a going. Great one. I might make some make some That's mac and cheese next week. Mac and cheese. My my meal is set, and I <laughs> telling you guys they're gonna want my plate. That's just how it goes. <sighs> Right, fine. Tim Gripper. Tim Gripper. Yeah, you. <laughs> That's your new nickname, no. Tim Gripper. Tim Gripper. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh. All right, Tim Gripper's a talented fellow. Tim Gripper's a talented fellow, all right? Maybe okay. with the backs to backs, you get round four, and then you get a dessert. I'm going with potato casserole. Give me the hash brown slathered in sour cream and cheese every single time, every single time. And then my uh, dessert picks really easy. I'm copying. I got the first pick here. You guys left it open to me in the, in the Memorial Day draft. I'm going to take it again. Give me a, give me a pan of brownies. Give me a pan of brownies every single time in the summer. The whole pan. You whole don't pan. want. You don't yeah. want just one or two. No, I'm yeah. about stealing stuff from you guys. Okay. One thing I really yeah. enjoy when it's 95 degrees and I'm out on my picnic table in the Memorial backyard Day. in the <laughs> summer <laughs> is uh, brownies melted <laughs> and, and a really hot potato casserole <laughs> with <laughs> sour cream all over it. Oh, so now now hot stuff's a bad idea for Fourth of July. We... I'm, I am going to go with uh, my favorite thing of all time. It's it's one or two things, but here we go, Rock. Doo, doo, doo. Red velvet cake. Ooh. Oh! Yeah, Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Nice. Okay, good. Uh, so what, what was the first one again? Uh, brownies. 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 Red velvet cake. Okay. Red All velvet right. cake. Right. Missed right. that potato casserole. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Tim Greeper? <laughs> Tim, Tim Greeper would like okay. to welcome. Tim Greeper would like to welcome to uh, to, <laughs> to our food trap. I'm losing it. I'm ready to go home. Um, <laughs> ice cream. Ice cream's go. a good call. <laughs> okay. Oh, and with, oh. with the last with the. Uh, Team Carriker's dessert, I choose a freshly baked, <laughs> chewy, chocolatey chocolate chip cookie. Chocolate oh, chip cookie okay. Oh, okay. Chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, cookies. Chocolate chip okay. cookies. So there you have it. I think cake when you, I hear chocolate chip cookies. I don't know why. Uh, cookie cakes. Yeah, exactly. It's the best. Yeah, tradition. All right. <laughs> uh, so there's the draft. You'll see that on Twitter. We'll have to vote on it later, and uh, we'll have the results for you next week because this was just such an epic segment. Great job today by our producer, 
uh, and audio engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, have a happy fourth. I, I will have a very happy fourth. Uh, CD. Uh, bears. Uh, careful with those fireworks uh, out there. Uh, oh, you don't have to worry about me. Okay, good. I don't partake yeah. in the, the fireworks. Okay, yeah, be careful with your bo- bottle rocket fights yeah. and you're throwing firecrackers at each other. Don't. We don't want you to come back on July 5th like JPP, okay? Yes. No. And we want you to be able to pick stuff up. Yeah. With all your digits. Okay, for all of us, uh, we had a balloon party's coming up, I think. Uh, for all of us, <laughs> we thank you for tuning We're in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Until next Wednesday, have a great 4th of July, everyone. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.